What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast, which is kind of a twofer. Yeah, weird scenario here, but we're trying something a little different. We are here doing the quarter one 2022 mailbag and also combining that with episode number 528 of the Hot Tags of the Week. So we're going to do our very first official bag and tag, I guess is what we can call it. I am your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always are Callum Wiggins. Hey, everyone. And Robert E. Felice. I've never asked this, but uh, do you guys think I'm hot? Am I a hot leave, tag? Leave a comment. Tell us. <laughs> what do you think? If you're in the live chat, too, uh, we're going to get some people funneling in here. Uh, let us know. Is Rob a hot tag? <laughs> That'll be the question of the day, you know. Um, yeah, so we, we're kind of doing this, uh, we didn't really have a set time to really go live officially, so I'm hoping that people are able to come in, uh, you know, as this goes along. This is the whole point of, if you weren't able to join us right now, I had told you, make sure that you ring that little notification bell, subscribe, because then you know, you get that little alert that says that we actually are going live, and, uh, I know that I've gotten it already, so you would have gotten it too, but... Maybe you're busy. Maybe not. I don't know. If you're listening to this after the fact, you could still leave a comment below. But if you are able to join in on the live chat or something, and if you are watching right now on the live chat, of course, chat it up in the uh, comments. We'll be able to check that out. So uh, we are kind of combining hot tags and mail bags right now. We got some uh, questions that were sent in ahead of time. We've got some topics to talk about from this week. Where do you guys want to start? You want to go with a mailbag question or you want to go with a hot tag? Go mailbag. Alrighty, let's go with uh, Howard's question. And this will actually set up into a hot tag. Funny enough. Howard asked, how do you guys feel about a 30-man elimination chamber for a pay-per-view <laughs> or a premium live event, as we should call them now? Impossible. We should have started with the hot tags. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Well, see, the Fuck. thing with uh, Elimination Chamber, this is where it's going to work into the hot tags, is uh, the hot tag for this week about Elimination Chamber is, Tony was right. <laughs> it's not official. Oh, yeah. But uh, I've been saying that I thought that the Elimination Chamber is going to go to Saudi Arabia, and they were going to combine both Elimination Chamber pay-per-view and Super Showdown. We haven't gotten an official announcement because they haven't said what the actual game plan is, you know, they haven't announced the Saudi Arabia pay-per-view, which they typically have been doing. They've been waiting until the week of, and then they're suddenly just sort of like, uh, crown jewel is happening at this time on this day. And, you know, get your tickets now, but it seems like it, that is heading in that direction. And that the other part of the hot tag is that they might be renaming it to WrestleMania chamber, which I think is pretty dumb. Oh, all right. Okay. Let's let's get the elephant out of the the elephant in the room out of the way. Sorry, Tony Barry. was right, and I, I hit him for it. I really <laughs> like when Sean posted this. I just like fuck. I just my immediate <laughs> reaction was, ah, oh, damn it. Tony was right. But the idea of calling it WrestleMania Chamber is so silly. It look, I get it. You might not want to call an event Elimination Chamber in saudi arabia and i understand that you might want to fool people into thinking hey it's another 
WrestleMania mm-hmm. event. But I heard this name suggested from Bill Pritchard of WrestleZone. Call it the Championship Chamber. Because at least that's like, that's a literate, you know, like that's something I can rock with. Just call it slapping WrestleMania onto everything. Feels like the most Hanna Barbera, <laughs> nonsensical bullshit that they can do. Now I'm picturing everybody running around like Hanna Barbera characters where it's like, uh, you know, like you just see like the circular feet motion and you hear like that, like kind of noise that people make when they run around. Oh, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> well, you can't do a 30 man chamber because they can't put 27 people or 20 it would probably be 28 right yeah because you start with two i guess uh, it would be like a revolving like a gauntlet like a revolving all right these five are eliminated so now these five enter the pods and the one that survived has to keep going through or more so i guess you don't have the pods themselves and it's just a cage where people come in one by one with the royal rumble which i, I think that the logistics of it it's a little too hard to like close the cage and open it up every time somebody would come in there. Maybe something like TNA would have tried it. Listen, Howard, we love you, but this question was silly. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's worth like, I would have potentially been like, could we do it if I was working in WWE? And then it probably would just, you know, well, the logistics and everything, but you have to go with like something like the over the top, easy elimination thing for a 30 man match. Because you imagine trying to get 30 pinfalls every 90 seconds. It's just going to be roll-ups, you know? Or you'd end up with 26 people in the ring. Peter's bringing in in the chat. He says you can do 12 in chamber to to do that and four to start. Both come in at once. You can probably play around with it a little bit more. They did the tag theme um, one where they had, you know, two people in each chamber pod. Yeah, and those matches were great. Wasn't it? Oh, no, they they did, 12, they did two of them, didn't they? I think I had one of them down as one of my matches of the year that one year. <laughs> Maybe you because wrong. it was 2020? Like, what else I don't know. Year? I don't remember but even yeah, what was, year it was. Elimination Chamber in 2020 was when they did a tag team one, and that was the final pay-per-view before uh, the pandemic started. The world ended. <laughs> it's all Shayna Baszler's fault. <laughs> I think the worst Chamber, though, for me, was the Intercontinental title one that Ryback wins. It felt so mid you know like <laughs> the chamber should feel special and that one did not well also in the chat just to give them the shout outs there's uh christopher marin thank you for saving me from a boring work day glad to help you out with that and then there is my wife ah love you hey wife <laughs> um so about this wrestlemania chamber name going back to that hot tag uh I like the idea of championship chamber. That sounds better. And they both started with CH. That's cool. And that uh, the chamber is normally either for the championship, like the champion goes and defends it, or it's for the number one contenders thing. So that works with the gimmick too. I see no reason why it shouldn't be that elimination chamber. Eh, you know, there's equity to the name, but it's not like that's such a good name that you can't change it up. Like hell in a cell. Okay. That's a gimmick name. Don't get rid of it. Don't call that, you know, the cell match or something. The first three chambers were so much fun and so brutal in some ways that the name Elimination Chamber, it invokes 
a different image in my mind. But like these most recent chambers, yeah, you can call them whatever you want because they're just they're so watered down. The watered down chamber, and that's a new name for it. <laughs> and then it's like a like a dunk tank. Instead of each person in a pod, they're in one of those things that you see, like you throw the ball and you hit it at the target, and that person falls. You're down. awful. <laughs> I, want you, I just want you to know. Like, I'm awful in many many ways. Um, do you guys right now the way that things are playing out? We don't know, of course, who's going to win the Royal Rumbles. And this might be one of those years where we're really like don't know what's happening. But generally speaking, do you guys think that the Elimination Chamber this year, whether it's on TV or whether it's Saudi Arabia, whatever the case may be, you think it's going to be for the titles or do you think that it's going to be a number one contender thing? I think one of each will happen. And I don't think this year there will be any women. At all. I think it'll be, I think Brock will defend. And I think there will be a chamber for the SmackDown one. What about you, Calm? I think, I mean, I don't even know if there'll be multiple chamber matches. There might just be one, which is the one to earn the shot for the men's championship, which won't be contested through the Royal Rumble, through whoever wins the Royal Rumble. I mean, I think in which case it would be the Raw side of things because I think that's Brock's winning the winning the Rumble. So, so that means that he's going after Roman, the SmackDown side, and so you'd want a Raw contender. So I'd probably assume that's just at the moment surmising things off the top of my head because I don't know which way it's going to go. My idea is Lashley wins the title at Royal Rumble due to interference by Roman Reigns. Brock enters himself in the Royal Rumble. He goes after Roman Reigns, and that's the SmackDown thing. And you just have Big E win the Elimination Chamber in Saudi, whatever the WrestleMania Chamber. So you do, so you can foresee it being Bobby and Big E again. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I mean, like... I mean, I mean, uh, there's nothing else to really speak about. I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing unless some unless they decide. Okay, just throw Edge in there. Just have it have an edge get that match then. Edge against Bobby. Beating on this drum that like it was gonna be Biggie and Rollins, and I'm like, really? For for Mania? Yeah, like would that have made that big of a deal, you know? <laughs> this is what we're doing? Like uh it was gonna be Becky. I think the observer said Becky Belair. Which is like okay, that's just a rematch that we've seen three Sasha times already. Flair. A rematch we've seen a million times. But at least that one's more fresh than Becky Belair. Biggie and Rollins and Roman and Lesnar. And it's like, this? This is what we've got for WrestleMania? I don't know. Maybe I'm just cynical tonight. Well, it's quite, I mean, it's clear they are going Belair against Lynch. Most likely, yeah. Because Lynch prevented Belair winning the match to get the match at the Royal Rumble. So they're continuing that feud. So. Yeah, it's obvious that Lynch is going to face Belair. Look, I love Bianca, but anyone, anyone else, like anyone that hasn't gotten shot in the last 12 months, anyone that's been built up at all, just anybody. Like, shouldn't that realistically be where they have spent that time building up Rhea Ripley and then she could be the one like, you know, Rhea Ripley, fuck, do Asuka again. Do, 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 do some money that's not Bianca because we saw it already. Or Bianca they could have just done the thing that, 
you know, had a little bit of foresight. You don't have Bel Air versus Lynch after the SummerSlam thing. Yeah. Like you just like you do the SummerSlam thing and then she takes a while to get around to getting the Royal Rumble to get her rematch, you know, and then then you can kind of. And then it works because it's like, oh, you beat me in 26 seconds. But now I'm going to beat your ass at WrestleMania because I can't. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just one of the things one of the things we haven't seen, though, is a back to back women's Royal Rumble winner. Yeah, not yet. Yep, so, so Charlotte Flair's gonna. <laughs> I, I think well, it be back back, would it? No, she'll win the next two. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then she, the she could be the first three time woman, and then she could win it a fourth time, and then, you know, win the record and do all that. For the first time ever. Yeah. I do, the, I do see her winning the Rumble. Well, yeah, well, that's, that's because I, I initially saw Sasha, if they were going to go with the Sasha Charlotte thing just to get someone new to win the rumble but because that's not available and if you are going to go with becky and bianca then that's the that's the way you get that match sorted you just have uh, bianca win the rumble again they are teasing this whole thing with charlotte winning and then choosing her challenger which is kind of interesting but yeah because we've never seen it like even with brock they never bothered to establish what would happen if brock lesnar Mm -hmm. won the royal rumble this time they're like nope Charlotte's going to win, and then she's got the right to name her opponent. And I think that that's, I think that's the way to go. If she wouldn't have won already, and she shouldn't have won that year. Because that year that was... was that uh, should have been Baszler, right? But, but why, why is that interesting? Why is it interesting that Charlotte gets to choose who she faces at WrestleMania? Surely that makes her choice seem second right, because they couldn't win the match on their own. Because I could see a scenario being kind of interesting where, like, then people start trying to convince her that they're the person to fight. Like, how maybe. About, how about this? How about we have winners fight winners in matches? Well, I mean, I ideally, my Royal Rumble <laughs> scenario is you get somebody that gets built up to win the Royal Rumble. They win it. They challenge the champion. Usually better if it's a babyface yeah. Royal Rumble winner, then they beat the heel champion and they do that whole thing. Yeah, but, and, like,. And well, there's a reason why you like that. It's because it works. Right, yeah. And it's just a case of just why mess with the formula for the sake of messing with the formula. That seems why like... why Charlotte even in the Rumble this year? Because right. they don't have enough good people to put into it. You've and got I Naomi. Thought, spare spare me have... the Naomi Royal Rumble spot and do Naomi and Charlotte Blair at the Royal Rumble. Well, they'll do that on TV probably at some point. They're well, doing they're, it next week. They're doing they're a rematch doing a match, of it because they already did it, yeah. Not the title match it's just a one-on-one match but, it's like, but, but you know that match will probably end with Sonya. um no when would Lita get involved probably uh, see I'm assuming that Sonya is going to get involved and then I mean maybe they do something with Lita but uh even then and Lita, like, Lita just, seems like she's sticking around like uh do Lita versus Charlotte at the pay-per-view or something you know mm. yeah that's the tried and trusted approach is for women to bring just an old legend back to uh, to oh. do the stuff instead. It works on both sides of the equation. I mean, if we're looking oh. back at uh, how Tony Storm should have been getting some kind of a championship shot, and that worked out, you know? <laughs> when she did get a championship shot, she just left immediately afterwards. Yeah. Well, that's actually a mailbag question. Let's uh, pivot over to that. That was one of the ones that Peter had sent in. Uh, let me find it on this list here just to be sure that I read that the way that he had... Uh, it said that. Do you think that Tony Storm's release wasn't handled right? Tony was burned out. Sasha was burned out. Wanted to quit. Seems like it's the same. 
we can no. we don't know because we don't know what the extent of it is but if it is pretty much the same sort of scenario they were in a different environment too because back when it was like sasha banks in that kind of regard then they wanted to keep people and it was also sasha banks and they just consider her a bigger deal tony might have been approaching it from a different angle she might have just sort of been like i i really just want out and i just want to get married because she's engaged now and i want to like take a break i'm young i'll come back that kind of deal in any scenario i think that they just don't care right now they're willing to let anybody go as long as they're not a huge deal i don't don't think it was that per se i think it's the fact of if you're releasing about 80 people in the year with the the idea of uh, budget cuts being the reason for the majority of them, then if someone actually comes up to you and requests their release and you don't really have major plans for them, then you really can't justify saying, no, we're not going to release you because yeah. you're releasing anyone else for essentially no reason other than you want to trim your roster. And so someone is now willingly saying, oh, now you can tr- now you can use me to help trim your roster. You basically have to say, well, yeah, otherwise it makes you look like uh, the reason why you just release these people is because, yeah, it would just uh, it would look even like, worse almost than like what it already sport, is. Almost. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's basically as you described, like Sasha's a bigger deal, so they're going to try even harder to try and retain the services of Sasha, give her the time that she needs, give her time off. Like, like she's in the freaking Mandalorian for God's sake, or at least like she was at some point. And so you're not going to risk losing that. Whereas Tony Storm is someone who is young and so you could uh, potentially bring back in the future, but it's also in their mind probably isn't seen as a huge loss. Like she'll go to some, she might go, what will end up happening. She might go back to Japan for a little bit, do some tours of stardom or whatever. Well, she might pop up in AEW, might pop up in Impact. Either way, I don't think they see it as like, that's a game changing loss right there. Did you guys hear John Cena and his take on, the releases. I think you had sent me that link, right? That was the thing you were talking I, about. I know I sent it to you, but I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it. And Calm, I don't know if you heard it, but he laid it out so diplomatically of like the amount of money they're making has nothing to do with it. If the directive is they're going to run on a talent lean roster, then that just is what it is. And people have to work harder to, you know, kind of show what they can bring. Or they might have to wait to get another chance later. And I think that's where they're at right now, where it's just like, we don't need all these people. We just need a handful, the ones that we know we're running with. It's just, it's so jarring to go from Tony Storm is challenging Charlotte to, she's released, what, eight, nine days later? It was really quick, but I think she'll be fine. And it's not a real big loss to WWE. Unfortunately, like it sucks. I'm not discounting her release, but it is what it is. See, I don't buy too much into that though. Cause it just seems to me like, you know, they see budget cuts and if it's budget cuts, it seems like you're looking for a number. Like I've never, you know, been a part of some fortune 500 company, you know, on the, uh, on the board or something like that. So I don't know exactly, of course, how any of this shit works, but I would think 
there's some kind of treasurer or whatever who's like crunching these numbers and they're going, look, we realistically need to cut X amount of money from our expenses in whatever way we can. So let's cut down on the live events. Let's uh, let's see if, you know, there was that story about the catering where it was like they're going to go to a different catering service and they're going to go with a cheaper thing and maybe we're not going to hire new talent under the same contracts and we're going to try to negotiate with like a cheaper contract and maybe we'll cut some people and you know, they were probably overloaded in some regards. But then again, you also kind of look at things and you go, well, if you're, if you're overloaded with talent and you're overloaded with staff, but you're still not getting shit done, then you've got the wrong people and you need to get new people in there. Or you've got the wrong managers that aren't, delegating correctly because we've talked about the website alone wwe.com if you had i don't know eight people working on the website and they knew what they were doing and they were told the right things of what to do the website would be better because they take their sweet ass time to update stuff they update things wrong and everybody has like a typo once in a while and it happens you know shit i have plenty but like they still took like, I don't know, four months on the show's page to take two of the four people out of the WWE 205 Live graphic because they had been fired and they still didn't bother to update that. And I'm like, I could do it in three minutes. I could. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, <laughs> let alone, you know, somebody who knows what they're doing. So it's like that stuff, when you hear that they take the entire department that's running like, you know, this media thing, and then they're going to merge these departments together. And it's like, all right, well, if you do have 50 people, say, working on three different projects that are all basically the same project, but you got three different assistant managers, you probably only need one. And as long as you get the one that knows what they're doing, that one person can control instead of 50 people, 20 people. And if they're the 20 people that know what they're doing, you can get more done. But at a certain point you reach that budget and you've got, you know, the budget cuts are done. It's not just like, well, we're perpetually cutting costs to where we have nothing left. And then you're just sacrificing your company. So I do have to do that. You do have to do it in a sporadic fashion because let's say you did the approach like, okay, this is the amount that we need to cut. And so we'll cut it all in one hit because that seems more efficient. But then you have the shareholders the next three months looking at the budget and say, like, oh, why haven't you lost this amount of money last time? Why has there been no decrease in the money? Well, we haven't cut anyone extra. Well, that's so you have to. Sh that's why it's always been in very sporadic drip feed fashion. It's because you always have to show every single quarterly um, financial review that there has been some progress made in a positive direction. Otherwise, I mean, people start to worry and your stock prices go down and all this other stuff happens. If that talent works in the real world. If that's where they're, that position is where they're at, and they need to cut this many people each quarter, they're in real bad trouble then because you can't do no, this not, for they're, like they're not in financial trouble. They're not in financial trouble, but it's just the the human condition of yeah, you're making a huge ton of money. That's great, but I want more, and I always want more. And if you don't give me more in this time, that means that there's some there's something that's going horribly wrong. Why aren't you getting me more money? I want more money. That's the that's essentially the incentive behind all of this stuff is that people just don't get enough. I just and feel like people, if they keep well, this going, then they they only have like three more quarters left. 
like by the end by this time next year they're screwed because they can't feasibly cut that more that that many more people they're already like i mean look at the royal rumble they're having to bring in almost half of the amount of uh people from the women's side because they just don't have them anymore yeah but they'll 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 find ways to they'll find other ways to trim stuff there's not it's not just talent that they can get rid of there's lots of other things that they they're probably holding on the back burner like just just wait for one quarter work okay okay we're not going to get rid of talent to f5 live goes or you see um oh, okay we're going to stop doing main event or we're going to I or nxt so. uk dis- yeah nxt uk disappears or we're going to close off some part of the uh, performance center or we're going to do there there are multitude different ways khan's job is to just keep the shareholders happy by gradually cutting things down and then they well also if they get a new television deal or they get something that can uh, elevate them financially in terms of the amount of profits that they get, then that can satiate the fact that, okay, we don't need to make any releases because we're making more money due to this deal or this sponsorship thing or something along those lines. So I, I kind of always, and maybe this isn't the way that it works, but I, I picture in my head there's like a number that they always try and meet and at a certain point they decide or the, the powers that be decide, okay, we have to, in order to reach this number, we need to do either cut some people or we need to get this sponsorship deal done or something along those lines and just to make sure there's always a constant flow of improvement so and that's what that's why i think it's always been a sporadic thing and they didn't decide to just really release 80 people in one hit there's also image to consider as well it always feels like even though it doesn't look good now imagine if they did just release 80 people in one day imagine the backlash that that would be the ring of honor (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) Peter in the chat's like, uh, hey guys, you know, you're live. Maybe we should stop talking about releases because we do have a track record these past couple of times. Ring of Honor oh, was yeah. the last one, right? Wasn't that? That was the last one, yeah. <laughs> so it's the. Uh, it, it's. Well, no, well. It, it sounds mean, we but. Live. The current. We uh, what was it? We doing pay per view review or something? I think. Because we did the pay per view review and I was like, oh, wait, it's not Tony Storm release. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was the, it was the pay per view predictions for day one. That's when Tony Storm went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it, it sounds kind of mean, but I do have currently on our schedule that uh, that same day from last year and the year before when all those releases happen, that that's going to be quarter two mailbag because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I mean, uh, third time, maybe that's the charm and it doesn't happen. But uh, speaking of hot tags and all these other things we're talking about, let's go back to another hot tag here. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh Matt Cardona won the ECW TV title at a GCW event. Well, no, he didn't. He beat he Rhino. Yeah, he, and, and, he, and he's holding he the and he's the holding belt. the physical belt. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, it, this is just kind of that was not a story I was expecting to read. You know. Oh well, uh, Cardona's the king of hardcore now. That's basically his gimmick in in a GCW and all this other stuff. He's like that's the thing that he prides of. He's a tremendous heel in gcw because he can just tout on live on the fact that this is a very hardcore aggressive uh like czw environment like old style ecw environment and he's the xwwe guy he's zach Ryder, and so he just comes in and he just starts winning matches and starts winning titles and everyone hates him because he represents everything that they hate about wrestling which he's is sports entertainment fantastic yeah, and he's doing a great job with that stuff. And him winning this, holding on to this title is a um, is another way of elevating that. And it's, it's a bit uh, 
weird as well because he's a like the biggest heel in GCW right now. He's also one of the top baby faces in Impact Wrestling. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, it's a bit. These wrestling universes don't exactly uh, coincide as much as they you'd yeah, expect. It's Impact is doing their own thing, and I think GCW tries to mash up with AEW and whatnot. They're doing a full like ROH invasion of Impact yeah. right now, it seems. And uh, yeah, so, PCO signed with them, right? Signed with Impact. So as far as we can tell, yeah. Well, PCO, I think it has already been announced that he's signed with them. And I think there's also been reports that both uh, Mike and Maria Canellis have signed with the signed with Impact as well. But it's probably something like a PWI Insider probably came up with that. Good for them, though. I mean, Impact's always trying. They're the the little engine that could. Yeah, I've I've always like been stunned about the fact that I just don't know where Anthem gets the money to to do this because they don't make any money off of Impact Wrestling. It seems because. So, they're just a, they're, well, they're just on Anthem stuff and on Twitch, and I can't imagine their pay-per-views get more than, like, a few thousand buys. Maybe a bit more. Maybe I'm being a bit too harsh on that, but I just don't know where this endless source of money to sign these people come from. Maybe it's a shell company. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're sponsored by uh, Tommy Wiseau. Since nobody knows where he got the money for his movie. <laughs> um, how do you see that playing out? The NW, uh, not the NWA. Um, I'm already merging NWA into the same thing, too. Uh, the ROH and Impact thing. Do you guys think that this is just going to be like a temporary angle like that? And then, you know, hey, yep. we did that for two months and then we move on and nothing yeah, big happens. Uh, Impact's always been big for uh, invasion style angles. They did a GFW one a handful of years ago. They did uh, ECW Legends came back here yeah, with EV2. The AEW one last year, kind of, where Omega was champion and stuff like that. They're good. They're a good show. It's just like it's got that weird legacy of TNA. And because of that, I can't take them as seriously because you know that they're. They went through incredible loss because TNA at one point was the number two, distant number two, but number two, and now they're not. Also, in the consideration that a lot of the, well, some of the um, Ring of Honor people have signed with Impact, that does kind of bode, doesn't bode well for the possibility of Ring of Honor returning, or at least, obviously it won't return in the same fashion they did beforehand. I think they've, so it's already been pretty much mooted most most places that they're not going to be signing people onto definitive contracts anymore, or at least not the majority of people. It will just be like a invite for every show. Type like a GCW thing. kind of vibe, I think. Yeah, like PWG or GCW, that type of thing. That'll be what Ring of Honor becomes if it does come back. And I'll put this out there. I don't think they're losing much by losing ECO. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm sorry. So I think they'll be they'll be all right. PCO fits more impact anyway. What's this whole thing going on with uh, Jeff Jarrett? Uh, Tony, where there is money in wrestling, there is Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. No matter what. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think people like realize just how much money he has. Like you, you don't give Jeff Jarrett enough credit. This guy gets 
into everything, and he'll be fighting Effie at some point for GCW, which is amazing. And kudos to him and kudos to Effie because it's just cool that Jeff Jarrett still goes and it's still Jeff Jarrett no matter what. Well, he's teasing that he's going to have like a financial stake in GCW or something. I wouldn't put anything past Jeff Jarrett. I don't buy it. Don't put anything past it. Like a, sold a lot of albums, Tony. It's a lot of cash for gold, right? <laughs> uh, what was it? A comrade on the most recent podcast or the one before that? I forget exactly which. He was like, is this going to switch over to global championship wrestling? And they were kind of like, kind of teasing that a little bit. I don't know. I would. It'll never happen, of course, because UCW works as it is. But that's so funny. <laughs> I hope they do that. I hope they run that angle of like, I'm going to call it global championship wrestling. Ha ha ha. It'd be fantastic. Slap nuts wrestling organization or something. A different show entirely. So he just strikes me as more of an NWA guy than GCW. But he wasn't an NWA guy for a while. I know, but it just seems like if he was going to get involved in another company like that, that he would. Is he actually still working for WWE or did he get released? No, he got released again. He was quietly released during the pandemic, okay. during the early part of the pandemic. And well, I think that Jarrett's smart enough to see where the trends are coming in. GCW is a hotter prospect right now than the NWA is. So even and though any other promotion is, yeah. So so even though it kind of fits with the NWA more fits his style, that's a a sinking ship, or at least it's a ship that needs a bailing out at this point and he'd rather attach himself to one which is still obviously a very a small compared to either AEW or WWE but is getting traction and does have some buzz surrounding it I for one cannot believe that GCW because I think I'd only started to hear about this promotion maybe about the time I started doing these podcasts and now it's like they're running the Hammerstein. They've got Jarrett. They had Nash on their show last night. Hmm. Like, they're doing he some do? cool stuff. He just introduced Alex Shelley and uh, said it was cool to be back in Detroit and said that he may or may not have been stoned. It's <laughs> great. Kevin Nash is fantastic. I watched a video the um, other day that was uh, Nash on one of those like shoot videos. I don't know when, when he did it, but he was telling a story about uh, one of his favorite road stories is what he had referred to it as, which was that he, uh, Triple H, uh, Michaels and Waltman and um, Hall, like pretty much the whole click, uh, that they had all came back from a show. They were all drinking. They were, except for uh, Triple H. They were all drinking. They all took some somas and apparently Waltman decided that he was just going to go sleep in the car and Michaels and some of the other ones, they all went to this bar or something and didn't realize that there was this like cop convention going on at the same time. (laughs) So when they went in there, they started to like tweak out and Michaels is like getting the shakes and these cops are like, clearly, obviously they know that they're like on some kind of drugs or something and Nash tried to play it off as, no, he's got epilepsy. 
and they were like well he's got to go uh in an ambulance to the hospital where he's getting arrested so they were like oh well he's going to the hospital and this whole time like all this is happening sean is like kind of out of it so they are just buying into this idea that he's got some kind of medical problem going on but nash is laughing his ass off and playing into it like ah, he's fine i'll be fine in 20 minutes <laughs> kevin nash just seems like one of those guys that like it's probably a bad idea to hang around, but it's probably you get he some never, good stories out of it, you know? He strikes me as someone who never took his shit seriously. Right. So he's just got nothing but stories now. Matt's in the uh, chat, too. What's up, Matt? Super stoked for the show coming up in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Are you going to that? Let us know. Hell yeah. Oh, and shout out to No. I forgot to mention No's in the chat, too. I'm going with Liv or Rhea. Maybe Bailey winning the Royal Rumble for the women. Um the latest update on Bailey was that she probably wasn't ready to go until February, right? Something like that. That might be just one of those, like, surprise, you know, we kind of lied, sort of deals. Um, I don't know, Kevin Ash, fun guy. Let's uh switch over to another mailbag question here. Uh, pick a number between uh, one and seven. Five. Two, three, four, five. Do you think the Usos and Roman will have a big celebration on January 21st SmackDown because they both beat their respective records on the 19th? Is that when uh, Roman beats Brock? I would assume so. And uh, what, what record is it that the Usos are going to beat? Let's see. Raw Tag Team Champions, SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I guess they might be, uh, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but maybe they end up being the longest reigning SmackDown team. That wouldn't make any sense, right? Uh, well, SmackDown tag titles are different from the... How long have they held those fucking belts? They've had those, well, the, well um, so the Usos combined SmackDown tag titles reigns of 560 plus. Which, are, which they're already what, beating. Yeah, everybody. which is way more ahead than anyone else, yeah. Yeah, because uh, Kofi and Woods are three eighty. Uh, but well, what's what? What is it for the Raw tag titles? Yeah, uh, make me do more admin. Uh, see Raw tag. Team. It looks like, uh, actually the Usos might be yeah they might be the longest because they're at one eighty one today, and I'm looking through this list and the closest thing is one eighty two, which was the Usos. Yeah, so they would, you know, in two days, they're going to have beaten their own record for the longest reigning SmackDown tag title reign. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, damn. Good for uh, them. That's just going to happen out of nowhere. I mean, they, I mean, realistically, they're going to be on SmackDown. They're going to take up 20, 30 minutes of the show anyway, because that's what they do on every single episode of SmackDown. So I don't see why uh, this one would be any different. At least now they have somewhat of an excuse for it. Yeah, I see. Like, why not? Call attention to it. Do some kind of thing about how, like how great we are. We both have the longest reigns, and you know that kind of thing. And I'm Roman Reigns. I got all the reigns. <laughs> if they're gonna take up the first fifteen minutes of it anyway, do it like that instead of it just being a promo to set up that they're gonna have another, like, uh, you know, later on in the night, I'm gonna talk to Seth Rollins type of deal. <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> just checking that um just just because i'm picking my interest there the usos have combined 257 days as uh 
as Raw Tag Team Champions. So combined, they're sitting at around about 800 days. That's got to be that's got to be the record, right? Uh, New Day of, are approaching a thousand. Shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> they have 677 days combined as Raw Tag Team Champions across four reigns and 373 combined over uh, their seven reigns as SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Good. Hey, Shane McMahon's got 21 days, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, he was tag champion with The Miz, wasn't he? I about, about oh my that. god, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's... Uh, uh, yeah, they might do some sort of reference to it. I don't think it'll be like a big, huge party celebration. They'll just say it is part of their promo. Maybe. They might not even bother to do it. Like Peter mentions in the chat, he says, I don't even think that WWE knows about the Usos. They probably don't. I'll tell you who's going to remind them, me, when I do that article. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got uh, two days from now is when they'll officially break it because they're at 181 yeah. now. 182 is their previous record. So you might as well write that up ahead of time. Write yourself a little note. There you go. You got one of your... uh, There it is, right there. (laughs) Uh, Switch to another question here. Uh, Pick another number between one and seven. Four. Do you think NXT should become a territory where Raw and SmackDown guys can drop down when a title... Kind of like fill in the blanks if they need to get like their tag team title for the Triple Crown, that kind of deal. I think NXT should be a developmental territory like it is right now. Actually, I just think that it needs to be off the USA network because it's not fit for the USA network. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, they don't, um, categorize the NXT championships as part of the same, at, at the same level as WWE. That's why Charlotte's a 14 time women's champion and not, or well, uh, 12, whatever t- t- time she is and not two times more because she's, had the NXT championships reigns. Even though if you're keeping track, they were in fact counting those two reigns. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't think people would use the the stats. I mean, they're going to have, there's going to be crossover. I mean, we've just seen AJ Styles on NXT 2.0. So I think now that Vince has got, is is more in control of NXT 2.0, there's going to be more of a blending of the brands together. I hate that news so much. Uh, that the creative team is now reporting to Bruce Pritchard. It's so shitty. It's just too different to work the same way. Because you can't book NXT 2.0 the same way that you book Raw and not make it look weird. When they've got... They, they do do it. They're, but they're it sucks. Same, like, yeah, no, but yeah, but... Yeah, but well, has that ever stopped them from doing anything beforehand? Right, but they're that's what same, I mean. Like, If you want it to not suck... Choice. Then you can't like have the same. But they don't think that philosophy. sucks. Why do you think they're doing it with Raw and SmackDown all the time? Because they don't think it sucks. I just so think it's. I think it's worse anything? than Raw and SmackDown, though. It is because they've called well, the difference is that at least Raw and SmackDown have good wrestlers on it. Yeah, that makes up for the difference. Uh, NXT Two Point has a lot of green people on it. it. Means matches are worse, and so it's even more laborious too. And they're now and they're using NXT to be really, really experimental with gimmicks again. And it's like fucking poker players and skateboarders and um, like all this other stuff. It's just whatever Joe Gacy and Harlan are. Like all of that stuff is uh, they're using that maybe as like an experimental ground 
for these new people coming in because they need to give them characters to make up for the fact that they're not as great in the ring as a lot of the people higher up. And yeah, that's the difference now because NXT NXT used to be when it was what we preferred. It was people that were previously been on Ring of Honor and Impact and lots of other places who knew how to wrestle. They didn't need to be trained. Now we're watching people that need to be trained while also being characters on TV. I get the sense that NXT 2.0 is great for people with a short attention span. Because it's just sort of like, we're moving on to the next thing. It doesn't really matter. You don't need to worry about it. Like All the WWE's like that. But like with WWE proper, like Raw and SmackDown, they're going to take their time at way too much in some ways of like, reminding you of the shield from 10 years ago and whatever whereas like listen that hurts pal yeah that felt real weird when i saw that yesterday all two, all two members of the shield like 10 years ago and it's I, I put it in our uh group chat for uh facebook of the um it's been more time since the shield footage that they were showing than the entire history of uh stone cold as an active roster member in wwe <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think it's, I mean it's not the worst thing about. I mean, the Shield is one of the greatest tag teams in wrestling history, and they were just a tag team. No, but I mean as far as just time going by, like that made me <laughs> yeah, feel no, but like. It was, but, it, but Tony, it was just the two of them. It was only Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Yeah, that was what the Shield. Was was. One of them guy? was one of them was the, and the other one was Shield. There was, there was this there was this weird guy that used to follow them around everything, but it was only those two. They were the only <laughs> members of the Shield. <laughs> yeah, I I get the sense that like. You know, you mentioned Duke Hudson. Uh, like, oh, he's a poker player for like three weeks. Where is he now? Not only is his character not even a poker player anymore, he doesn't even show up on the show. Bob, and, yeah, that's the fact that like, they just did that entire angle and they had him shave his head for it and then took him off TV. Yeah. And you got somebody Maybe like... They uh, he was you know, they go out of their way to air two vignettes for Draco Anthony to be like, you know, those... Oh, hot young superstar that's going to be really you know blowing things up here and all he's done is lost like three matches on 205 live so it's like well you know okay you move on you just he's blowing up <laughs> yeah so i hate nxt 2.0 i really am just not liking it there's a couple people on there that's like they can be kind of fun like i don't dislike Braun breaker i don't dislike cora jade i don't dislike yeah, some of the actual people, but the creative direction is just hot garbage. And but yeah, we could just talk about talk, we talk about some of the stuff that happened in the most recent episode. I mean, you got um, was it, it was Harlan and Joe Gacy against two guys that I literally don't, can't remember the names of. Idris Anofe is um, one of them, and the other one where? is Malik, Malik Blade. Blade. Yeah, yeah Malik Blade. Yeah. And, and the only reason like, I know them is because I write their names out because I'm the only one who fucking writes out anything about two hundred five live. And but it's like then, they advertise them as just like it's Idris Anofe, and it's like who the fuck is Idris Anofe? He's just a guy. Like, well, yeah, but that's the thing. So they have this tag team match, which is supposed to be like a buy-in qualifier match, even though they can't say the word qualifier because WWE really hates certain words for some reason. Well, they call it a play-in uh, the, match, so they yeah, couldn't even say yeah, buy-in because it's an AEW yeah, thing. Yeah, for the uh, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, which apparently, like in the in a promo segment beforehand. Harlan and Joe Gacy were talking about how they really wanted to be in this match and they get themselves intentionally disqualified and don't care about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then we're supposed to really uh, cheer on and say, I think, uh, was the guy on commentary? Vic Joseph said on commentary that don't rule out an Ofe and Blade, uh, uh, Blade from uh, winning, the, uh, yeah. winning the whole thing. I just said, 
those guys just got their ass kicked in the entire like for like however long that match hey, was. Hey. On any given day, any superstar can beat any superstar. And they won on a technicality and were supposed to like buy into the fact that like, are oh, these guys you should definitely watch these guys. And what about like Electra Lopez and Zion Quinn? Like they do this whole like build up towards it and then Electra Lopez just kicked him in the nuts and then it's over. Right. And it's not even like it's for a title or something where it could be like she was trying to set this all up because she wanted to make sure that Zion Quinn lost his championship to Santos. Yeah. You see that on SmackDown, again, I was just like watching bits and pieces, but the promo they did for NXT on SmackDown was Electra Lopez is attracted to winning. And the whole thing is built around Electra Lopez. It's like, who the fuck cares about Electra Lopez? Yeah. Uh, Women empowerment count. And that's supposed to to entice me to watch NXT. The fact that apparently she likes winners. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't actually say. It, yeah, it doesn't actually say what she's going to do. It doesn't say who she, if she's in a match or what she's going to be doing. It just says she likes winners, and then it's just a couple of seconds of her talking, and then it's it. And it says, "Hey, turning up NXT, something else, or whatever." What's their What's their catchphrase now? That little catchphrase that someone says at the end of whenever it's like an NXT promo, whatever Wale says or something. Uh, I don't know. I didn't catch it. Is it part no, of the song? Okay. Well, it's just like at the end of this like NXT promo thing, someone just says like a sentence which is supposed to be like hip and like buzzworthy. I'm go- I'm going to check it out. You guys continue talking about other stuff. I'm going to find it. The only lyrics I can think of is down south slang. <laughs> and I don't think that that's what they're saying. Uh, yeah, I can't think of it. Um, you know, we usually do a rundown of the TV stuff when we're talking about hot tags. So let's talk about NXT for the rest of this because we're on this train. Uh, I thought that this was kind of funny. The episode started off with NXT, uh, with the NXT Championship, and Braun Breaker talking about Tommaso Ciampa is actually great and all this other kind of stuff, putting him over. Did you know that that was the main event of Two Hundred Five Live this week? <laughs> Re-airing Braun Breaker's promo. Oh, it's main event now. They re- they did two matches, and then they said. Like, okay, well, next up, we're going to show you what Braun Breaker had to say on NXT. And that's how the show ended. They did two matches that don't fucking matter because it was Ivy Nile beating someone oh, from, I don't remember who. Oh, yeah. Valentina Parrish. And uh, it was, um, God, I don't remember the men either. Guru Raj. Um, it was Guru Raj losing to Bodie Hayward for the first time we could see Hayward in the ring. And then it was just a matter of like, okay, well, then we're going to re-air a promo didn't even need to really happen on NXT. It's but, event. Uh, we got to see Damon Kemp, Gable Stevenson's brother. He lost to Cameron Grimes. I didn't actually pay any attention to the match, so I don't know if he's any good, but that was a thing. We got a crowbar on a pole match. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Tony D'Angelo beat uh, Pete Dunn. He beat him uh, by doing the thing that you should do. Which was, he nailed him in the fucking head with a crowbar. (laughs) This show's garbage. Uh, Wendy Chu wrestled, though, and they're doing basically kind of a variation of the Festus thing. She did do that whole, you know, uh, she's sleepy, she's sleepy, and then the bell rings, and she's running around and jumping around and all that. So uh, she and India and Persia beat Amari Miller, Casey, and Casey. Not... Like in the Wendy Chu thing, but whatever, you know, they're trying, mm-hmm. I guess. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> they, 
There were, I think, three segments revolving around Mandy Rose doing a photo shoot. Yeah, there was, um, I think it was only two of her, well, it was two that were just actually like Toxic Attraction or Mandy Rose hype videos. The funny thing also in the um, the second one is that uh, Gigi and JC never said what their names were. So if you're just like tuning in, you have no idea who they were. <laughs> and uh, and, and the girls with Mandy yeah. Rose. Yeah. yeah, and then the third one is just Katie Ray smashing up cameras with a baseball bat. Because she's crazy. I hate this Kaylee Ray character. Again, like, the fr- not to like crap on Kaylee Ray, because Kaylee Ray's not a bad wrestler or anything, but it's just this wrestler suck. Uh, I mean, this gimmick, I mean, this sucks. Mm. Um, yeah, so she's got a green baseball bat. And she's like, quote unquote, crazy. Well, Dakota Kai is quote unquote, crazy too. And at least she had a more interesting thing because MSK went up to Dusty Cup and she was like, you know, hey, nothing divides friends more than success. Like I won that too with my friend. And that was the most interesting thing of the whole night. But but it doesn't make sense though, because they won the Dusty Cup last year and they won the tag titles and they're still together. It doesn't make any sense, but it was the most interesting part. (laughs) Because at least it's like, you could argue maybe she wants to be friends with Raquel again. I don't know. But yeah, you follow that up with something like Solo, Sokoa, and Boa fought to a double count out to stretch that feud out for another four fucking weeks. And then he gets a uh, Boa throws a fireball at Sokoa's face. So that's going to be just, you know, a couple weeks from now. Oh my God, that big, huge feud that we've got going on is going to return and it's going to be a fireball in the face match or something. Actually, no, you know, it's going to end up happening. One of them's just going to get released, and then they're not going to follow it up with anything. I'm waiting for Rob Midwood podcast to yeah. Releases. Uh, let's see. We had um, they didn't elaborate anything on the cruiserweight championship. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were just like, "Hey, we you know we won." See ya. And uh, Styles beat Waller. Good. <laughs> it was a good match. <laughs> it was a match. I liked it. No, it was a match, and it happened, and the right guy won. Grayson Waller will be in the Royal Rumble, I bet you anything. He should be, realistically, at this point. They should do because something I, where he eliminates AJ Styles. more than, like, anyone else. And so he might as well be. Realistically, what would be the rationality for him to not eliminate Styles? You know? But they don't want to continue the feud anymore. Other than that. But, I mean, like, if they are going to continue in any fashion... Then that's all the rationality you need. Maybe they just don't want to do it. Yeah, it could be the end of it. It could have been just we need some kind of a reason for Styles to show up because maybe we'll have him on NXT. But you know, if they want to make something out of it, do that. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're talking about this in the same company that had AJ have that match with Omos and then it's over. But yeah. there was no follow up. <laughs> there was no anything else. And now Omos is apparently feuding with Reggie. God, yeah, that did happen. I forgot about that. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, he's uh, what did he say? Watch what I'm gonna do out here because next week I'm gonna do something worse or something. Yeah, something, yeah. something. Yeah, that's a great thing. dialogue. Yeah, but but they've immediately gone from uh, like Omos, he beats AJ Styles, and now he's doing the big guy against really little small guys job routine that they do with every single giant that can't work. Oh, I mean, pretty soon he's gonna start uh, dancing around, right? That's the trajectory. You go with, you start in the company as the really big guy who can't work. 
you get paired up with somebody who can kind of take the edge off of that, whether it's a manager because you can't talk as well, or it's like your tag team partner or somebody who can lose so that you can beat the crap out of the person that just beat your your go-to buddy or whatever. And then after you did your little run and you fought your one or two big names, more than likely probably didn't win a championship, but you know, whatever. Then you beat up the little guys and then you turn into the happy go lucky giant. And then you get released. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Why well, do I think that? I mean, I can skip the last part. I think that at the moment, the way the that almost, phase. Yeah. The way that almost is a trajectory in my mind is that they'll realize that he's not worth, well, they're not willing to put the time into him getting better in the ring. And so they'll have a big E beat him or some, somebody, somebody like in the upper echelon main event side of things and baby face. And so, Oh, well that guy beat the giants and that's a really big deal. And then he'll be released. Yeah. So Realistically. Cause that's cause at the end of the day, that's what his ceiling at the moment looks like to me because he can't work very well. And unless he improves quickly, then what can you really do with a guy who's been undefeated all year? Because eventually you have to give him a title match. And, and when you've got, you know, yeah, in, in the world in the world of logic, of course, but that's obviously not the world that we inhabit. But so, I mean, he could win the twenty four seven title. So let me read you. Uh, let me read you this because WWE sent a statement to the Toronto Star in regards to AEW's. Did you watch the match with the bunny and? No, before it against Takanti and Anna Jay. I didn't. The uh, the, the, uh, the street, street fight. fight. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was a great match. The WWE statement about the match to the Toronto Star reads: <laughs> oh, If you look this. at if you look at the gory self mutilation that bloodied several women in the December 31 event on TNT, it becomes quickly clear that these are very different businesses. We had an edgier product in the Attitude Era, and in a 2022 world. We don't believe that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. That, <laughs> that reading that sounds like it's straight from the mouth of Bruce Pritchard. Because I feel like I've heard him say similar things in the past. He's definitely not, not on the gory yeah. side, yeah. Yeah. He, um, like, like, if it was a two-on-two... Uh, lingerie pillow fight match then i'm sure that they, they everyone would have uh that, that's really appealing to the uh to these fan bases because that's what that's the role women play in his mind so, probably. so here's my issue with this if you're gonna say that i never ever ever want to see women in the elimination chamber where that's that's a pretty violent situation wouldn't you say guys you can't put women in a chamber you can't put women in a hell in a cell I guess their philosophy is well. They're not getting blood, like right. We're not, we're not uh, having them, you know, uh, blade in the match, and we're not going to give them the tools to be able to do that. If people get injured, it's a problem. But inherently, it's just a cage. It's just a structure to keep them in the ring, like you know that kind of bullshit. Because they they do say gory self mutilation. Yeah. Hmm. But. Yeah, but it's just like those the, the women that were involved in that match, they, that's like probably the best thing that any all four of them have done in AEW so far, or at least among the top things. Like that's something that they're they're really proud of. Everything that we've seen talked about from them on social media, they seem to have been like really happy with the match and everything. It was a big deal for them, and just to kind of just categorize that as like, oh well, 
like I don't want, no, nobody wants to see women get hurt on TV or it's not like the it wasn't like it was a man that came down and just carved a, a yeah. chainsaw across them or something like You're not that. watching it's a like, snuff film <laughs> yeah no it's like it was it was a women's match it was a women's hardcore match did they say the same thing when it was a uh, baker and rosa they, they never commented on that match no but I, I guess they, they probably uh... feel like they could get away with this one because it wasn't as wasn't as highly praised as the baker and rosa match even though i did see a lot of praise for this match but it's just yeah it's just very um bizarre they feel like that's a good thing to put out there that's like it doesn't for me it feels like they have a very different view of what quote-unquote empowerment is maybe they felt some sort of pressure to be like we need to try to and this is inherently a stupid idea but go with me on this that they felt the idea of like we need to belittle them so that we look better we put ourselves up on a pedestal for our advertisers we need to remind them that we're the family friendly show without realizing this makes them look lame because do you remember any scenario ever in the history of pop culture where somebody has come off as the cool thing by being like that edgy stuff is going too far we're the ones that are tame. No, that makes you look like you're the fucking church group that like complained about the Simpsons around the George Bush era where they were like, uh, Bart Simpson said to, you know, uh, eat my shorts. I can't have my kids watching this filth. They need to watch the show like leave it to beaver where, you know, the, the mom and the dad sleep in opposite beds and, uh, he wakes up in the morning and his wife is wearing an apron and she's cooked breakfast and he reads the newspaper and by golly, whatever like, that, <laughs> yeah. Does that really make you seem like you're the fucking hot product that people are going to watch? Yeah. Or does it make it seem like you're, you know, your grandfather's lame ass TV show from like the Westerns where, you know, Oh, this guy is supposed to be this trained killer in the wild West. And he says, con it instead of fuck you or something <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Chris Jericho did say GFY at some point on Dynamite. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> but but that um, was not great. But, but let's look at what uh, WWE is doing that's so um, progressive and great with their women. Instead, how about give a woman a gimmick about the fact that she's got three Guinness Book World Records, and then put her in a match with an old woman where she wins another Guinness Book record for losing in the quickest time in WWE history. Well, let's talk oh, about yeah. that because well, that well, is definitely hot. Women are breaking records left and right. What are you talking? <laughs> Women are progressing here, Callum. Let's talk about that uh, that whole thing. Because that's one of the hot tags I wrote down. Is Aaliyah broke the shortest women's match in WWE history record. I think that's how they are classifying it. They're I don't buy that. Personally. Saying that it's 3.17 seconds. Which, of course, they would just say that that's the case anyway. Even if they didn't work out. I liked it, actually. Because they like did it. have this whole thing with Natalia that recently popped up. Where it was just sort of like... Somebody mentioned about the Randy Orton stuff and they were like, Hey, Randy Orton's going to end up winning like the most matches and wrestling the most matches on raw or whatever it was. And then somebody else, I guess, or maybe the same person, I don't remember had noticed that Natty was just like, you know, she's wrestled a fucking lot of matches and Natty is, she's an anomaly. She's been around for like 15 years or something. And she goes back and forth between babyface and heel her character is super serious and you can buy her winning a championship at any moment and also a complete fucking loser 
who you never expect to win a match all over the place. And she seems like kind of, yeah, but at least uh, with Natty, she seems to give up on these gimmicks and get a new one every like four months or so. Ziggler pretty much has had one gimmick for the past 10 years, which is just, I'm the good wrestler and I deserve more attention. And I, uh, I don't know, shake my ass to the ring, but Natty, she did this thing with Tamina and they eventually said, fuck it. We don't care anymore. You know, move on, split them up. She was going to, it seems do some kind of a tag team with Shayna. And that went nowhere, which would have been kind of cool. Queen of spades, queen of hearts, you know, these two, you know, maybe you get the queen of clubs and <laughs> queen of diamonds or something, but, um, give her something like that to do something with. Cool. I like that. You know, she's got these world records and she can talk about that. She's not a champion right now, but she can talk about being that. And then you got Aaliyah. They made a big deal out of this is her first singles debut which of course it's for the first time ever that kind of nonsense that they love so much but i thought it was kind of neat to do the uh switch up of like all right haha you are in the guinness book of world records for a fourth time but as the loser i'll give them credit for that i'm always willing to give credit where credit's due in my mind if i'm gonna crap on nine things out of a show but the 10 things good i'm still gonna say the 10 things good in my mind i liked it Yeah, I thought this was fine. I just, they're going to, I don't have faith that they follow up on this. I think it'll just be like, oh, we did the thing where we broke a record and now Natty's dead. They won't do anything. No, they're following I mean, the What's the likelihood that Leah just gets released next week? Like, they'll just, they'll have Leah and, I think they will follow up. They'll just do Leah versus Natalia and they'll have Natalia beat Leah. And then it just doesn't, and then this match just basically feels like it's, Irrelevant because now they're just going 50 50 with each other. It's in the record books. Yeah. Women are breaking records. That's that's all they care about here. That's the headline here. How about I think that she could probably actually qualify for another Guinness World, uh, Guinness World Record, which is the longest time under contract, the longest woman under contract with WWE with the shortest proportional amount of time that she's over. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's actually a pretty, that's probably a heavy uh, competition there. What she's been in the company for fifteen years. She's been over for like two weeks, but that's probably that's probably a good like uh, approximate. Am I am I being unfair with that? Well, how long? Less uh, than fifteen, maybe eleven. I mean, <laughs> how long had was Tamina over? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah. To be fair, that was like one match. So right, I guess yeah. <laughs> there's a bit, there's a bit of a uh, discrepancy there. You may mean Natalia has uh, her beat in that regard there, but I just feel like. Maybe they were just a perfect tag team together. It's just like two people that are just like their their biggest accomplishment. In, yeah, well, that's the thing. Their biggest accomplishment, realistically, in WWE is the fact they've just been there for a while. <laughs> like, okay, Natalia won the um, women's championship at one point, but their biggest uh, and Divas championship, but their biggest accomplishment is the fact they've just they've just hung around. They've just been they've just been just good enough to never go. Peter says That's in the chat, uh, they did the shortest, now do the longest. <laughs> so uh, Natty versus Aaliyah in like a two and a half hour long match. <laughs> oh, well, I wonder what the longest match in WWE um, women's history is. It's probably not, it's probably not unsurmountable. Yeah, I don't think they've ever done like, they've, they've ever done like a 60 minute draw or anything like that. It's they probably did, that, around I, the 35 minute mark. Yeah, because they've had that, what is it, the, it was 
the uh, Charlotte and Sasha Banks, they had a 30 woman Iron match, same with Bailey and Sasha as well. I can't think of any that have gone significantly longer than that. Maybe some of the uh, like women's title matches of the more recent era, but uh, yeah, it's not unfeasible. It's probably like you probably just need to do a 45 minute match. I honestly, I hope it's not these two that do it, but like some somebody could easily break that record in the next year or so. Justin in the uh, chat says, "Tony, would you buy an Aaliyah three seventeen shirt?" I wouldn't buy it, but I might have to make that design up and put that up on the shop. <laughs> it's a good idea. Maybe I'll put that up on T Public and Redbubble, Justin. <laughs> if anybody gives any sales, I'll be sure to credit you on that. Um, Aaliyah three seventeen says, "I just pinned your ass." <laughs> then again wwe hates when i make up parodies of that austin 316 shirt they take that down almost immediately i used to have that austin y2j one when we kept i forget the joke it was but it was something about jericho and austin being the same person um maybe they took it down because it was y2j because they can't they don't own the austin 316 design no they do it's the black shirt with white lettering for fuck's sake. They claim that they that any of my eat sleep repeat things are a copyright infringement that that they, you know, own that, which is same thing. It's just impact lettering, eat sleep repeat, white text on black shirt. And they argue that all the time. They take all my eat sleep repeat stuff down too. Weird man. Uh, let's go to another mailbag question here. Um, if you qualified for a meet and greet with a WWE superstar, who would it be? Oh, if I could pick? Mm-hmm. Um, probably Edge. I mean, I, that's my favorite wrestler, and he's currently an active superstar, so probably Edge. I don't know anyone that I'd want to meet that badly. I don't really like the whole meet and greet type thing, meeting celebrities and that yeah. stuff. It just doesn't appeal. Doesn't appeal to me. I like the uh, idea of bumping. I think anyone would be a uh, probably uh, Brian Anderson or CM Punk maybe, because I feel like they're good. Com- they seem like they're good conversation. If I could swing it and argue it, I'd be like, "Well, he's on the Superstars page, Vince McMahon." <laughs> I'd I mean, be like, yeah. "I gotta fucking meet that guy," and just kind of be like, "Yo, I got some questions." <laughs> I mean, you know, but he, he, he just like, well, you know, one of the first things I would do would be to sneeze. <laughs> be like, uh, I sneeze and then I go to shake my hand, uh, shake his hand. And then I'm like, by the way, I just ate some food with it. <laughs> you know, that's apparently that's the thing, I guess. Um, yeah, I'd go Vince. Maybe we'd have a grumble off. Got another question here. Uh, oh, I, I, I just wanted to find this quickly just because... Uh, oh, you found the uh, time frame for that? Yeah, so outside of Raw Rumbles and War Games matches, they have a bit of an advantage with the multiple people involved. Uh, the longest women's, champ- uh, longest women's singles match in WWE history is Roadblock ended the line, Charlotte Flair against Sasha Banks. Mm. In the third woman Iron match because it also then had a five-minute extension added onto it. There you go. I thought it might have been 35 minutes. So thirty four minutes thirty four minutes forty five seconds is the time to beat. Do you know what the longest women's match in history is? Like on any company? It's Mercedes Martinez and Tessa Blanchard. What's uh Mercedes Martinez against uh, Lexus? For, well, that's the longest singles match on a WSU show, which went seventy three minutes. Jeez. 
But the longest actual one is a, well, again, this is a bit cheaty, but it's a Battle Royal match from a BJW slash DBT slash K Dojo Tenka Sandan. It's probably like a collection of like loads of different Japanese women's promotions doing a special show. Did a Battle Royal with, looks like it's almost like 100 people in it. And uh, it went 85 minutes and 12 seconds. Time to beat Natty and Aaliyah. <laughs> yeah, 86 that's minutes. Thing. That's, I'm trying to think like what movie that's longer than. That's like that's an hour and twenty five minutes. So it's probably longer than like some of the blockbusters from the nineties. I mean, ninety minutes is like the shorter time frame of some movies, but some of them aren't ninety minutes. So yeah, mm. that that is a full movie length, basically. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, when you add Royal Rumbles into the equation, stuff yeah. like that, the longest longest women's match is technically Royal Rumble twenty nineteen, which went seventy one minutes and twenty two seconds. That makes it one of the longest Rumbles in history, actually. 2019. Yeah, that, that, might, that might even be that might even be the longest rumble in history. 71 minutes and 22 seconds. Royal Rumble 2019, the one that Lynch won. Well, the greatest Royal Rumble beats that. Oh yeah, probably yeah, yeah. The, the greatest Royal Rumble. But if you're just going by the standard ones, that's probably or the ones that actually take place like, in January. That's probably hard to beat. The the longest one before that for the men's was uh, the Royal Rumble 2011. That's only uh, 70 minutes. Yeah, because once you get to the sixty-minute mark, then you're at. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, well, well that might be one. You, I mean, you have all the stats, Tony, or you're yeah, working on there's them, somewhere so on I'll that sure figure it out at some point. <laughs> Speaking of Royal Rumble, though, do you guys think that Corey Graves is going to be in it because he has been cleared to return to in-ring action? So it's weird with Corey, right? Because, like, in the case of Edge, he's Edge. He was uh, an 11-time world champion. In the case of Corey Graves, dude's been on the broadcast team longer than most WWE fans got to see him in the ring. I almost feel like he would have to go elsewhere just to reestablish a character because how do you convincingly bring him out of retirement? I think that you do it through the Royal Rumble, actually. Because you just have yeah, a countdown, you have the, you know, say Jimmy Smith and actually, you know, you probably have Michael Cole on commentary. You got like Cole, McAfee, you got Jimmy Smith, you got Byron Saxon. That's the the quartet that we've got, right? So you you pick two of those. Maybe you put uh, Smith and McAfee together or something. I don't know. And conspicuous by his absence is Corey Graves, number twenty two or something. Just, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then you hear some music that you're not familiar with. Fucking Corey Graves' name pops up. People will pop. He doesn't have to do a whole lot of impact wrestling. He doesn't have to take a lot of bumps. He mostly can do whatever moves he is. Maybe that's at a time frame of the Royal Rumble where he can get like a spotlight and kind of, you know, run through with some people, do what I don't know what his finisher move is or anything. If, you know, I didn't he did a see. submission hold at the time. So, uh, ain't doing that i don't think i've seen maybe even like more than two Corey graves matches period uh so you know i guess we would just see maybe he would have worked on some other moves in the meantime too i don't know but you think he would have been a big deal or do you think it's like he's in that class of nxt people that would have been gone he probably would have been gone out that seems mean but i just genuinely curious because he found a really good niche for himself in commentary 
And, and Justin brings up the idea of, you know, Lawler and JBL and people coming up from the announce table. He could do that too. Yeah. I, I would see, I wouldn't want to see that. I'd want to see him actually get an again. If you're going to unretire him, he has to feel like a wrestler. Yeah. I think I'd rather have the entrance just for the big pop and have him like make an entrance, but we don't even know what his fame is though. No what his fame is anymore. But you know, I mean, we didn't I mean, know the guy, who the guy was uh, some generic CFO. Yeah, I mean, if he's got, if he wants to come back through an actual quite quite legitimate run, I mean, there's a clear path into it. You pair him up with Carmella. Yeah, why not? Yeah, that doesn't seem like because at the end of the day, no one's going to remember his old gimmick. And now his it? gimmick is essentially just a slightly kind of like obnoxious commentator, but in the typical heel commentator type role. So I don't even know what his old gimmick was. I know the only thing that I know about him as a wrestler is that he uh, won the tag titles with um, Neville. At one so point. his gimmick was kind of just like rocker yeah, guy kind of thing. Yeah, like like brooding rocker guy. He was methodical in the ring, targeting limbs and such, but. He never See, got the chance to really develop. But that's not his character. His character's commentator is la- it's like yeah. loud mouth, quite um I'd like say quite tattooed a- Bobby Heenan. Yeah, exactly. That's and that doesn't work with his old character, so now you need something and essentially a lot of his whole time as commentary was basically ogling a load of women, especially now obviously Carmella, because the relationship aspect of it. So why not do that? And he does have to wrestle that often. You can do like some mixed tags and stuff like that. It depends on what his ambition is, because realistically, if he has if he has gone clear and he wants to come back and do an actual run, then that's fine. But he's got a cushy gig on commentary. I don't know why you'd really want to risk losing that. I'm going to put out a prediction right now. If I get this right, I'm awarding myself 100 of my imaginary points that I award people. <laughs> Corey Graves not only is in the Royal Rumble, he gets eliminated. Yeah, he gets eliminated or eliminates Baron Corbin because they're buds, and it's either going to be Corbin's like, you know, why don't you eliminate me, or it'll be like, hey, I want somebody like Corbin to eliminate me. I he trust Corbin, with- kind of thing. He would fit with Corbin possible tag team kind of thing if they went back in time the happy corbin he wouldn't fit with i don't think tony coins yeah i'm gonna award myself tony coins that's what i'll give everybody <laughs> i like that idea peter uh, let's go to another uh question that we got here uh do you think wwe is heading for a long story for mania this year between sonia deville and naomi nope i think that this should wrap up around Roy rumble time I just can't imagine it having legs to last that long. What do you mean you don't see legs out that lasting that long? It's been going since fucking August. Yeah, I don't want it to go any longer. And they haven't haven't done anything. So I know it's not a case of like, it's not a case about what you want to see. It's a case of you think it can go that long. It could go until fucking next year's WrestleMania if they (laughs) wanted to. (laughs) Like, it's, um, I think that it's been, I was really kind of intrigued about it when it started and it's now just ground down to the point of like, because I'm just now, obviously I don't watch as regularly, but if I do see the segments together, I just feel like, just fucking hit her. Just be, get, get hit her and get fired and then make the story more interesting. I don't mean get fired as in like, oh, just be out of the company, like actual people get fired. I mean like, 
have have her get fired by Sonya for beating her up backstage or something or in the ring. And then she keeps popping up on episodes of SmackDown in the crowd. She keeps interrupting matches. She causes more disruption. I mean, I know it sounds odd to say this about Naomi, but take a leaf off of Stone Cold and use that as the, like, just her, like, she's the Stone Cold to Sonya's Vincent Man and build a lot of things around that because that could be something that really gets Naomi even more over than she already is with a certain portion of the uh, fan base. Like, why aren't you doing... Why, what is the whole gimmick of the idea of the fact that Naomi is just so reluctant to do anything? Well, she's not reluctant, but, like, she keeps saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat you up, or, oh, now you got your jacket off, that means I've come beat you up, and then she just doesn't do anything. It's just... This isn't how... Like, imagine, like, again, back in the attitude era if that was stone cold's thing where like stone cold would always say oh, he's got threatened to beat vince up and like he never actually ended up touching him ever just yeah. always got slightly close to him what i'm he's hoping is i'm hoping naomi is in the royal rumble soon Deville does something to get her eliminated like you know naomi's gonna do probably realistically and this sounds kind of mean to say but this is what's been happening Naomi is going to do a version of something that Kofi has done <laughs> to get herself to where she's not eliminated because she's pretty much just done another version of something Kofi's already had, uh, you know, saved himself with in the past. And then Sonya's going to run down and she's going to knock Naomi off the ledge or she's going to push her off her chair or whatever it might be, screw her over. And then I'm hoping that it's going to be the two of them fight. And whether or not this factors into the Elimination Chamber, where this is like a special match on Raw, on SmackDown, more so probably a special match on SmackDown, that you just fill up a you know a segment on February and you move past it. I don't want to see this going into April and March. Or March and April, yeah. <laughs> I just don't. I just think that um, I don't know whether they will have a match for WrestleMania, but I just still feel it's going that long. Just just due to the fact that they've been going for so long now and they haven't done anything really. I'm so sick of eh, but they should really do this. It's like they genuinely don't put any effort into anything, and I'm kind of tired of being like, "Well, that's just how it is." It's like. It doesn't need to be. Somebody do something. <laughs> like do, do your job. Somebody, anybody, just do something. Then again, that's the way that WWE is now. It's just, it doesn't matter who we have on the roster, just that we have enough people to fill up the couple of hours. It doesn't matter if the stories are good, the match will be good. It doesn't matter if the match will be good, will tell you that the next match will be better. Forgive and forget, always. Move on. Don't think about anything. Uh, eat your food. Go to sleep. <laughs> kind of like, be good little fan. Hey, we have this amount of people on our TikTok. I hate it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We got some more discussion about the Tony coins. I like that. <laughs> what could Tony coins be cashed in for? Mangoes. <laughs> Just for mangoes. I'm going <laughs> to. 
uh i wish that i had some kind of a promotional deal where it could be like you know uh, imaginary tony coins can be cashed in for something on t public and Redbubble or whatever uh we don't have that going on but um another place that you can't use your tony coins on but you can use a different kind of deal though our sponsors for this episode manscaped you uh should know them by now but if you don't manscaped.com is uh, where you're going to find the best tools for men's grooming we have tried all the different products that they have got going on now. Most recently, I tried something of the their body wash, and the result for it was, uh, well, I'll let uh, my wife tell you about it, <laughs> who is coming over here and she's got a big smile on her face. A very happy wife. Okay, I told you guys before how everything smells really good, but I'm not even joking. He got the shampoo, conditioner, and body wash, and oh my god! As soon as he showed me the bottles, I was like, I need to sniff it. So I like opened it, and I was like, Oh god, it smells so sexy! And I was like, <laughs> it Smells clean and sexy. And he kept asking me, like, What does that smell like? What is what the sexy smell like? But I can't trust me on this. It smells sexy and clean. It's just very like it has a man smell. But I'm in the babes and showers and has like proper ID. <laughs> no, really, because like if I just say men smell, like the imagery in my head is not very flattering. So like I'm in the showers and babes, takes care of himself, you know, uses a ball toner, like it's all like only has hair, like, you know, like the hairy situation's like under control, you know, like no tufts of hair. No Paul Bunyan type person. Yeah, you know, just like, it's under control and everything just smells like fresh and clean and seductive. But like, maybe that's what like Pierce Brosnan smells like. So it's like, you know, like. <laughs> oh. Shout out to our feeder of a kill. From yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. Like. So then, like, he used it all, and I was on the couch, and he's like, oh, do you want to, like, see if, like, it, it smells good? And I smelled his snack, and I was just like, oh, God. He's talking about me, not Prince Brosnan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's more of a soup guy. <laughs> Shut up. Anyways. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> Inside joke. No, but really, it smells so good, and the bottles also look really nice, too. They're, like, heavy bottles. And the texture of it, it's like smooth enough that it feels good when you grab it in a shower. But also, I don't think it's one of those bottles that slips really easily, which as somebody who's clumsy as I am, you know, that's something to know. I haven't used it on myself, but I might because it <laughs> smells really, really good. And again, guys, like I know that like with the pandemic, not everybody's like leaving their houses, but oh my God, just like smell nice for yourself. Smell nice for the ghosts in your room. I don't know. Like, <laughs> smell nice. For, like, if you have, like, a special somebody that maybe you're trying to seduce, like, have that going on. It's just, it's fresh and it's just, like, so good. And I cannot wait for Tony to shower today so that he can use it. And I can just be like, can I just, like, sniff you? And just do that for maybe, like, half an hour and, and live my, my best life. Maybe if you seduce the ghosts in your place, it'll turn out like uh, it worked out for Dan Aykroyd and Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know a lot of a lot of people say that ghost sex is really good. So hey, a lot of people. Where are you going? Yeah, from? I I I read things and I watch things and 
it's all educational. But <laughs> it, you know, it's it it, it it they say it's good. I believe them, you know? So well, Yeah, if, if you... we're no sex and men's caked and smelling sexy and luxuriously and amazingly. So just just do it for me for anything. Like just like smell good. <laughs> so if you do want to do that, if you wanna, you know, test out what the apparitions have to say and <laughs> everything you can use our promo code smark s-m-a-r-k over on anything that you buy on manscaped.com you can get 20 percent off and free shipping on all those orders and uh you can report back to us with whatever stories you've got to tell with please let me know if, if you had if you had ghost sex let me know i i think that that stuff is fascinating haven't had the chance to yet probably won't happen because now my hoe days are over but it <laughs> Just let me know. Do it for the ghosts. Caroline, uh, you, you got a message in the chat from Peter. Says, uh, can we get a Caroline hour? <laughs> sure. I think Tony's going to get Caroline hour after he takes that shower. <laughs> Why are you selling me short in an hour? <laughs> well, thank you, sweetie. <laughs> and thank you to anybody who picks up anything from Manscaped. And thank you... Uh, for Manscaped for sponsoring us, and um, <laughs> let me just say, like, I would have just said it smells woodsy. So, like, what she did was so much better because that <laughs> sells Manscaped. Woodsy, like uh, Xavier, or <laughs> yes, woodsy like Xavier. Xavier Woodsy. Uh, you know, there's probably a video out there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to another mailbag question. Um, do you think we will see a partnership with Impact in WWE, or is this a one-time deal with the Knockouts champion Mickey James? Uh, uh, this is a this is a Mickey James deal, not an Impact deal. I think so. Yeah, unless we see people from Impact popping up on the men's side, but they have more than enough men that they don't need to bring anybody in. So I'm just ex- expecting it to be uh, Mickey. For the sake of it, if she would have not been an impact, they would have brought her in just normally. I kind of think that part of the reason why is because they feel bad about the trash bag stuff. And it's just sort of like, hey, can you just like come in and we can apologize a little bit? It's not going to be the biggest apology in the world, but it's something. And uh, I don't expect anything else to come out of this. Yeah, just enjoy it because it is cool. I hope they let her come out with the belt. That'd be cool. Why not? What do you think, Alan? We get, we get anything out of this war, or is it just uh, Mickey comes out? They act like she's not even a part of Impact. She gets eliminated super quick, and that's the end of it. I'm still recovering from ghost sex. <laughs> <laughs> Other questions? That's some questions that I might say for after the podcast. Uh, but but uh, in terms of this, yeah, I kind of feel like it's just. A legends came back and they wanted to get buzz for the fact that oh she's signed with impact or or she's the impact champion at the very least and so that's that's cool that she's coming back for this so it was just to get the internet talking for a couple of days leading up to the royal rumble and she'll just get eliminated by charlotte flair or something you'll get good heel heat for charlotte flair to throw out because god knows that's one thing that she needs a lot of 
You know how uh, AEW calls it the forbidden door? WWE would probably be like, you know, well, our door's open. But it turns out that it's that one that Mr. Burns has. <laughs> they have to crawl in that little tiny, like, doggy door to get back into the office, and you're all covered in soot and everything. <laughs> no, but that, they wouldn't call it the forbidden door. They call it the restricted window. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, one door opens, and a window at least opens. Yeah. Forbidden doors aren't appealing to the general public. I just part of me again. I don't want to criticize because it's her life; she can do whatever she wants. That thing, but just the the double standards of seriously criticizing WWE, rightly so for what the way that she was booed out, and then accepting a payday from them feels a little bit. I don't really know how to feel about it. It's like again, she can do what she wants. Maybe she feels like this is or quite a way of getting back to her because now they've come crawling back to her because. They don't have the star power to make up or the numbers to make up a women's war rumble without people like her appearing in it. But part of me was thinking, wouldn't it sound a lot better if you they you showed off the fact that they offered you this and you turned it down instead, just to sh- and use that as a means of showing how desperate they are. I guess what she's thinking, not to speak for her. Of course, because I don't. No, of course not. And again, um, again, I don't want. I don't want to criticize too much because I'm sure she has her reasons. Yeah, but it just. But I'm imagining that part of what she's thinking is, it'll be good to let go of that negativity and to come back and to do something and show people that she's Mickey fucking James. And maybe there's a chance that she can do something like have a highlight spot in the Royal Rumble, and then maybe that'll even bring some more attention to Impact, and at the very least, it'll be a better exit. Because her last match was the one where she got injured, right? I think so, maybe. So at least if you know she's in the Royal Rumble and it's just sort of like, yeah, I am a legend because I'm Mickey James. Maybe there's that, and maybe it's less so about like um, kind of going back on on that. But if she were to take whatever information that she could, she couldn't really show like a voicemail or something, but. Imagine if she just said on Twitter, WWE offered me a chance to buy Rumble and I turned them down because fuck them. Wouldn't it just kind of be like one report that gets swept up in the news shuffle of the day? Maybe. But if she's in the Royal Rumble, then, you know, we've been talking about this a couple times and it's going to make another... That she can shoot on Charlotte Flair and eliminate it when she's not supposed to. And then that's the way you get better. (laughs) (laughs) And again, maybe, you know, I mean, Impact mentioned it. Like she retained her title and they were like, she's on the way to the Royal Rumble. Like maybe she can cut a promo about like, you know, I was just in the fucking Royal Rumble. Like, what are you doing? You know, whoever her challenger is like, I'm sure impact are really happy about it. And maybe that's maybe that's the main reason behind it. It's the fact that impact has to do it as a favor. Could be that too. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, they've reached out to you. I'll definitely do it because that gets us exposure. And I'm sure they're super happy about it. And they're super, super happy about her coming into the ring. If they can get the championship exposed on the way down to it as well, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, this is the way that Impact is going to generate any real buzz going forward is by, like, latching on to the success of AEW and WWE and using that to try and boost them a little bit higher up. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good thing, really, overall for anyone. I'm more excited for the Women's Royal Rumble than anything else on that show right now. I'm still just really curious who's going to win the men's. Because I don't know what they're planning on doing here. We could do the whole 
Brock loses the championship to Lashley because of some kind of interference. There's some people that are trying to put it out there that Rollins is going to be Reigns, which to me makes no sense. There could be some kind of schmaz stuff. There could be Brock could enter the Royal Rumble with or without the championship. Like that's kind of all over the place for me. I hope it's not going to be one of those pay-per-views where I'm like scratching my head and, you know, <laughs> pulling out my hair and all that. Uh, let's see what she's talking about. This uh, trademark as close as it gets. WWE trademarked that to help you think that that's going to be. I joked about this when I wrote the trademark. So this is probably for when they announced that you can get WrestleMania tickets in VR in the metaverse. Because who the hell knows? As close as it gets, sounds like some VR shit to me. I thought it could be something like that too, funny enough. Like, you know, if you don't want to necessarily risk yourself going to a live event, but you want to feel as close as it gets, then you can sign up for this. And then, yeah, because they tested some of that footage out. I don't know if it worked or anything. It's never anything I'm going to be interested in doing. You know, what's crazy is they were testing it out like at NXT Brooklyn back in 2015. They were doing that shit. They were ahead of the times, right? (laughs) And the funny thing is, typically they are. Just they don't capitalize on it. Maybe this is their idea of like, you want a good product? Well, this is as close as it gets. (laughs) Remember the, uh, what was it last year? Uh, Complaining is not conversation. Like, whatever happened to that one? Where was that going? That's in the pile of dead trademarks with the uh, Adam Pierce shit. What was it? Scrap metal? Scrap metal. Maybe it's the same landfill with all those ET games. Gotta find it. (laughs) If you had to make a gas gallum, as close as it gets, what's the trademark going to get used for? If it's used at all, of course. Uh, For the... <laughs> He's as close as it gets to you appearing on Raw without actually being on Raw. They didn't. Was it three weeks now that they have it around? Yeah, that? No, yeah. No. They run that fucking ad for like two months, and then he just doesn't show up. He only pops up on main event. Close as it gets. They've waited long enough that Saurav is now popping up. He's sorted out his uh, visa issues. Yeah. I mean, realistically, if you want like, a serious answer, it's probably what Rob suggested. It feels like that's the, that'd be the good catch phrase for, I mean, they'd probably, I'd say they'd introduce it, pro- look to introduce it around about WrestleMania time. Like, oh, you can't make it to the biggest show of uh, in wrestling history? Well, this is as close as it gets. Virtual reality seating. How do you feel about the metaverse? What is the metaverse? Like, legitimately, like, how do you feel about this idea that, like, the next evolution of the internet is just a virtual reality world? It feels feels, about right. Yeah, I kind of feel like that was the direction it's been going in a while, so. I've seen Ready Player One. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Tron. (laughs) They had that idea ages ago, so. Disney's ahead of the curve. Yeah. Tron sucks. Tron 2. Um, <laughs> Tron 2's good. <laughs> Not a fan of Tron 1. 
but it but it makes sense to me this idea of like um just going from because that's, that's what we have now is like we have our own internet personas and internet profiles and all this other stuff it's just fleshing those out with avatars that will actually act as us you already have virtual reality in video games and that's being developed you, realistically in the next 10 years i wouldn't be surprised essentially you're you're not even just like searching online you're basically walking through google oh seeing, like, different... yeah you're on amazon and you're actually just walking and there's just like a load of physical stores that you're just walking past with the, all this stuff on that'd be great yeah that's not the, the future on the world People will be known more by their uh, usernames than their real names. It's like you're on your license. You're going to be like, oh, your name's uh, Jim Smith. And you're also uh, Boner Man 69 or whatever. <laughs> you're the Boner Man. <laughs> I was going to say, whoever snapped that username up was really ahead of the... I wonder, yeah. sell... I wonder if you could sell a username like that if it's so like, oh, I really want to be Boner Man 69. <laughs> sell it as an NFT. And then you own a picture of Boner Man 69. <laughs> I wanted to be that, but it was taken, so now I'm just Bonner Man 69. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to see if that website is available. It is available. BonerMan69.com. <laughs> if you wanted to buy that, at the very least, you can do that. Just do that and just make it all about stocks. Yeah. <laughs> or just re uh, redirect it to, like, I don't know, the White House or something. Um. Let's go to another question. Uh, what do you think of Sean Maluda? And uh, what do you think of James Ellsworth? What a what? Uh, Sean Maluda's fine. Like he's taking a lot of context out of the question for what we discussed earlier. Time. <laughs> Peter brought it up. He said that uh, he knows somebody who is uh, engaged to Ellsworth, and uh, that he had trained Good with uh, Maluda. Maluda's great. I, you know, there's a. Those Samoans, they know how to get it done. Never going to say a bad thing about a Simone. Still shocked they, that Sean Maluda didn't get signed to NXT at any point and or to AEW. Um, as far as Ellsworth, Ellsworth was a thing. It existed. It was fun while it lasted. I'm glad it's gone. Got a problem on. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any strong opinions either way. It's like, okay, uh, Sean Maluta's seems like a decent hand. Don't think he'd ever really make any huge waves in any major promotion. And James Ellsworth was just a jobber gimmick that got over really quickly and they burned it into the ground. But that's what you do. Peter had also asked, uh, you ever realize that the babyface tag teams are on the left towards the camera so that you can see their emotion when they get the hot tag? That's something that took me a while to figure out, too. You know, he had said that, you know, we've been watching for almost 20 years and just kind of realized that. It didn't click in my brain for a long time either until I don't remember, like, what match would have sparked it. But there was something that happened where it was, like, on Raw, you know, 10-plus years ago or so, I don't know, where they did the opposite. Like, they had the baby faces on the other end, and I just instinctively kept thinking that something felt off. And then that clicked in my brain as just being like, oh, okay, well, that's what's wrong about it. You know? You guys ever realize that? I never thought about it until right now. Now I'm trying to go through and look at tag team matches to see that that's the case. That's pretty cool. Um, I I mean, I don't want to sound like going high and my I thought it was really fucking obvious. 
it like, seems like, like one of those why, things, like, but like, yeah. Why, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? It's just, I remember seeing, I can't remember the match exactly, but I remember seeing a, um, a match on WWE TV where the heels started on the opposite side and the referee told them to go to the other side of the thing because that's not the position you're meant to be in. And, but I watched that um, on Rampage last night. They had, they had the baby faces on the right-hand side. They had Layla, I think they had Layla Hirsch and them on the right hand side rather than the left so it doesn't it doesn't apply in all cases so i'm looking at at uh the jericho benoit austin triple h match and they're actually on the opposite side so i guess it's not always the case but it should be that whenever they can they just they're on the right side because you can see them that makes so much sense every once in a while something like that happens and you just kind of go like Oh my god, I didn't think about that. Caroline bringing it up in the chat. Uh, Pokemon Go, they use Nanab berries. Took me until, I don't know, a couple days ago, where I was like, oh, that's banana. <laughs> banana. <laughs> like, it's just like, uh, you know, we all have those moments and stuff. And I'm sure there's other things, too, that are like, kind of blatantly obvious pro wrestling stuff that is either still lost on us or... Took us a while. I'm trying to think of examples of that. Because every, you know, we we do have our like tendencies we can pick up when we know, for instance, that any time that they take somebody to the outside and they're starting to build up their voice, that they're going to cut to a commercial break, or like, yeah, it's kind of like you like. It took me a while to realize that they didn't have the snaps anymore on the belts and that they were all using Velcro. That was kind of strange. Once someone i forget who like took off their championship and i just heard and i was just like what was that noise but uh if you can think of anything drop a comment let me know if that like some of these ideas because that thing's a fascinating idea got a couple no, questions th- in the chat that uh we'll come around to after calum says what he's gonna say what are you saying i was gonna say no i, f- I found weird and that, like saying that i feel like it's just so counterintuitive i don't know why they travel with the real titles they actually give the wrestlers the real championships and they travel around with them. I just feel like so... I mean, we've seen in cases where they have actually lost it. It just seems so reckless to me. Well, they have, like, what, three versions, right? They've got the TV belt, the one that looks like really prestigious and, you know, polished up and everything. They've got the belt that everybody travels with and then they have a backup, right? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't... I mean, I they have enough... That. Uh, replicas at this point that doesn't even matter. I know, I know it doesn't really matter, but it just feels like well, why doesn't the why doesn't the people just travel with a replica? If you lose it, it's just like no problem. Why are they traveling with the actual or one of the actual belts? Like, like who cares if it's a replica one? As long as you can make it look somewhat realistic, then fans aren't going to know if you like are in the airport and you're holding it or whatever. It's like, yeah, just just seems odd to me that they would risk that happening. We've had what four people, I think, lose their championships in the past couple yeah, of years. Yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, Ripley, Walter, Jericho. Yeah, Jericho. That whole thing. Yeah, that was a big thing. I, yeah. That did not have a replica. Uh, yeah, Ziggler's lost his in the airport as well, I think. But he was IC champ. I don't even remember that one. I think that was one that like, popped up. Maybe, I, maybe I am. Um, maybe I'm imagining that one, but I know it has happened to an Intercontinental Champion at some point. 
let's uh, switch over to Justin's question in the chat. Then we'll get him around to Altadric uh, with his question. Or hers. I don't know. Uh, Tony, where the fuck do you think this Alexa Bliss shit is going? And what's her chances of eliminating Charlotte in the Rumble and actually winning the Rumble? Uh, so that's a three-parter. Um, where's the shit going with Bliss? I think that they didn't want to take the opportunity of bringing her back as just a different thing. So they're just killing time and she's going to do the exact same thing. It's going to be discount Harley Quinn all over again. What about you guys? I don't care. I really don't like this character is not appealing to me. It lost its appeal when they dropped the fiend, you know, the guy that, Turned her. You can't like turn her back without just going oopsie daisy. I guess I hit my head. Like I, just, I don't care. It's not a fun character without the basis of the character. That's like saying, "All right, we have Kane, so we're gonna fire the Undertaker." Doesn't work. I think that the whole thing with the a psychiatrist will she's going to gradually start to adapt i think we're going to have like every single week it's going to be a new segment where she's slightly more quote-unquote old alexa bliss like the just the the goddess just showing some signs of it and then when she comes back in the rumble she'll just be alexa bliss the goddess sort of that stuff and i don't i don't envision her actually winning the rumble but i think she'll do well and she'll set up a story for herself but they'll do things in matches going forward where she will get like maybe slightly more aggressive in instances or like like do little twitches and occasionally and then eventually they'll bring the character back at some point but how long has it been since she was just a wrestler because like all of 2019 she was out injured wasn't she well no she was teaming with uh with Nikki, she, but that only happened because she was injured. And then she would take a lot of time off. Well, I remember that she had, um, when she was just in the early stages of transitions to things, she was having singles matches with Lacey Evans. Because that's when she went crazy and started beating the shit out of her outside the ring. Uh, I don't remember and then, that and, at all. And then she, she wrestled Charlotte Flair last year. Yeah, but, but that was more of like a... It was a match. I'm, a, I'm appearing in the ring once every so often. Because like, there was a point where she just like was consistently champion and then was constantly out or being replaced or something like that. I think she wrestled fairly consistently in, from pretty much WrestleMania onwards until she left. Like She was in numerous tag matches. She was in Money in the Bank. She wrestled Eva Marie at SummerSlam. I guess that's true. She wrestled Sonya Baszler in the, at uh, Hell in a Cell. So I don't think she... She really, that's probably the most consistent she's been in the ring for a while, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that she's ever really taken it, taken that much time outside of actually just being off TV and injured. What do you guys uh, think is her uh, shot at the Royal Rumble? Cause I don't think she's eliminating Charlotte and I don't think she's winning. I think that bliss is going to be just one of those quote unquote bigger names. Cause she has a big name that fills up another spot. I don't think she's going to do anything of note. I mean, I'm going to still view her as one of the favorites because even though I don't think that she's going to win right now, they could just be, it's just one of those things where Vince could uh, roll out of bed someday and she's a name that they could just fill in and go, okay, that one. Just on the day of the show. Much like Charlotte, when Bliss is in the ring, you don't 
counter out completely. So she's got a shot, at least for Final Five. You would think, uh, since I'm an Alexa Bliss fan and I'm a Harley Quinn fan, that I would really, really love this character, but it's just not... But you're not uh, a Fiend fan. That's true, yeah. It just sort of feels to me like when you look at like a dollar store toy version of one of these characters and it's like, you know, uh, like the Avengers <laughs> instead of the Avengers and it's like Spider-Man and you spelled Spider-Man wrong. Me and... the other day, Mudge? Like, yeah. <laughs> Mudge, <laughs> Mudge, Sam, Mudge Sam Sam. That's what it was <laughs> instead of Marge Simpson. Uh, let's go with Grady's question. What do you think of WWE getting rid of Ricochet's theme song? Did they? Oh, that's terrible. I'm was surprised. I they actually wasn't paying attention. We were eating dinner around that time, and I didn't bother to pay attention to the entrance. Did they get rid of Ricochet's theme? Probably because they're just getting rid of. Once Sammy's theme went, I was like, okay, nobody's safe. Because Sammy is the like that theme was Sammy. So once that went. I knew I was I can't check it now because of the audio will come through and it'll I'm be listening, I'm, I'm listening to it now. Did they get rid of it? Yeah, it's a new it's a new thing, yeah. <sighs> Is it at least good? It's generic. Yeah. That's yeah, sucks. it sounds about right. I'll have to check and that out. And, he, and, he's, and he's dancing to the ring now. No. Really? Uh, right, well, he, well, he, well, not for a little while, but he danced for a little bit. Yeah, I gotta what? look at it now. Hold on. Yeah. Well, shout out to Samantha Irvin, who's the new SmackDown announcer, mm-hmm. and also Ricochet's girlfriend, apparently. Hmm. I'll check that out in a little bit. I'll. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I highly doubt that I like it. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, the best or anything, but yeah. You know. Still dancing? No, we only danced for a little bit, but like, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. His entire run has just been a whole lot of meh. That's a guy that needs to go to AEW or somewhere. He seems like he's, he's one of those guys that just seems happy. To to be a WWE superstar, yeah. Yeah. Let's go to. Yeah, it's super generic. Yeah, there's, there's nothing here. Yeah. I'll check it out a little bit later. LJH in the chat. Opinions on Elimination Chamber being rumored to Saudi Arabia. Check back uh, the earlier episode, uh, early part of the episode. We earlier talked about that. Uh, do you think that they will do the greatest Elimination Chamber with 12 participants or some shit like that? Uh, the long and short of it, I, I've been thinking that they would do Chamber at Saudi for a while. I think it's going to be two. I think one's going to be women's, one's going to be men's. And uh, I think that more than likely Roman, I think, will be defending the championship and it's not going to be a number one contenders. But I think that the women's will be a number one contender match. If you had to pick, what do you guys think it's going to be? I think it's going to uh, be one one men's match and it'll be on the raw side. And I think it'll be two men's matches, one title defense and one number one contender shot. And we got two more questions that have been sent in in advance. And, uh, of course, if there's any TV talk, if anybody wants to mention that, um, who are your surprises still on the roster after all the releases? Uh, we kind of talked about that actually quite a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Another reorder. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah and I'm, I'm going to just skip out on that. Yeah. So, uh, we are kind of, kind of, 
You want to send in another question? I'd be more than happy to answer that, but I'm not going to talk about releases. This one should be fun, though. Callum, since you were not on the day one review, what did you think of Edge versus Miz and the fact that we're getting a mixed tag match with their wives? <laughs> oh, I did not watch the match because I didn't because I uh, didn't watch. I, did, I fell asleep during day one. That's why I wasn't on the post show. Uh, I have not watched it. I have no plans of watching it. Um, <laughs> tag. Um, well, it's all, it's just clear what did it. The only thing that's different now is the fact that now I've got someone who really can't wrestle in this match. And oh. in terms of Maurice. And I was just going to joke. Why are you talking about Beth like that? <laughs> no, it's cool. Like If this ends up leading to a Beth Phoenix just run, coming back to the company for a little while and her just having some more matches with uh, big names here, then I'm all for that. I just, again, this was, I, I kind of let it all out on that one paper prediction show because I knew that as soon as the match was being announced that this is what was going to happen at the Royal Rumble. So I don't really, I can't really add any more vitriol to it because it went exactly the way that I was expecting it to. And that's why I let it all out on that one show. I still think it's completely pointless. I still think it's a, it's a waste of Edge's precious time. But yeah. It was, it was going to happen. I'm sure some people were interested in it. I, mean, I have a question. Why did you genuinely think that Brock wasn't going to win? Um, I did think, well, because it was just such a last minute switch that I thought they would just go to, like, status quo, essentially, and just like, okay, well, I, I, my mindset was, okay, we're putting Brock in this match because we can't do the other match and we've already advertised Brock, but we'll just have him in there and we'll have the Usos come out and take Brock out of that match and then they'll just go back to the Fatal 4-Way after that. So you get the semblance of Brock is there and he's he gets to throw people around. And you get a sense of like, oh, he might end up winning this match, but then he gets taken out by Roman and then you continue that story by having him win the Royal Rumble and continue all the way out to WrestleMania with that. That's why I thought that it was... I just thought it was surprising that they went with that decision at the last minute because the fact that Brock wasn't in that match 20 like hours before the show. So I yeah. assume they would just stick to what their plan was and just have Brock there to add a bit of intrigue to it. They definitely got their money's worth because Brock's been on like Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown since then. So that's a good way to build to WrestleMania. All right. So that's mailbag questions, at least currently set in. Um, let's do a real quick rundown of uh, is there anything on the TV stuff that you guys uh, want to talk about? Uh, the, oh. the Nikki Ash split was awful. but <laughs> Oh, that sucked. Uh, yeah, that really sucked. terrible acting. Yeah, that was legitimately the worst acting I've ever seen. Like, and then you're making Rhea Ripley look like a dumbass because she's just like, "Of course I believe in you, Nikki. I've always believed in you. But better than that, you believe in yourself." <laughs> why? And then why are you turning Nikki? The whole thing was. Nikki saying genuinely, I came up with this character because I think, you know, little girls need someone to look up to. Perfect. You're a villain. And there's, um, it's one of those weeks where there's really not much to talk about in terms of the AEW or, uh, like even Dynamite or Rampage stuff because it was a bit of a middling show for, I mean, the most interesting things from Dynamite are probably the fact that they had Wardlow destroy CM Punk, but just get, have the older Bret Hart diesel spot where he just gets rolled up and pinned after that or small package should i say um and then they're continuing the they had guevara beat daniel garcia i think uh, daniel garcia is building up 
every single week and he'll be a big deal. I think I think he's still is uh we're still waiting probably till next year until he actually breaks out and does something super super memorable or like pushing himself up into the more upper mid card main event range. And yeah, that, that's probably more stuff that I'm kind of missing from that. The uh, whole Shida game is being seemingly written off TV because she's going back to Japan for a while, and hopefully they'll have Dee just beating her up and forcing her to submit, to elevate her up to the next level. I'd like to see her be um, TBS champion by probably the middle of the year. But yeah, that's about that's about it. I don't think there was anything else that's really suit like. Oh, other actually, there is one standout thing on TV that we should talk about. RK Bro aren't tag team champions anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. American Alpha. I mean, not American Alpha. Alpha Academy. Uh, I did not expect them to win those titles on that random match on Raw. You know what drives me nuts is then Chad Gable posts on social media about how he and Otis have like this eleven-year-long relationship. That made me feel like, okay, they are an actual team and not a thrown-together mess. Mm-hmm. Why don't you share these things? Yeah, I would have liked this duo a whole lot more knowing that in advance. I'd be more invested in the team at the very least. It would just be a case of, yeah, they have this story about how like Chad goes up to Otis when they start falling and say, like, what happened to you, man? We used to train at the Olympics. You've let yourself like fall into with the heavy machinery stuff and... Like you lost your briefcase and all this other stuff. You've clearly lost direction. We need to go back to our roots. And then you build it up based on that. You show some of the video packages of them just training in Chad's garage and stuff like that. Show the fact they live close to each other. A few video packages like that. And you've got a team that people actually care about. No. It's amazing. That's, like, that is, that's, that's like too, 5% that's too of effort. too much hard work. 5% of effort. <laughs> yeah, so. and I guess... I, I like my assumption was that I thought that uh, Rollins and Owens mm-hmm. would stay as a tag team and then take the titles off them probably around about maybe even on that um, uh, WrestleMania Chamber show. They'd win titles there and then you could build up towards uh, Randy and Riddle. Like, like tease the splits in the Royal Rumble, but then extend it out a little bit further. And then you have like a month long build with them actually feuding with each other up until WrestleMania. But. No, maybe they maybe that was shelved because they decided, well, we need to have Rollins face Reigns for the title at Raw Rumble because we don't have anyone else on SmackDown that can actually face Roman. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, we got Dewdrop is going to fight Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship at Ma- uh, Mania at a uh, Royal Rumble. We'll talk more about that on our predictions. Mm. Um. Seth Rollins beats Big E just because, you know, fuck Big E at this point. We need to push Rollins, I guess. Uh, nothing really else happened on Raw. We got Walter's last match. He beat Nathan Fraser. They still haven't really necessarily qualified what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't, li- I don't like that. Clarified. I have not said what he's doing. Looking through the AEW stuff right now. Devin Sheeta. Yeah. Sammy Guevara is still interim champion. Uh, Party's back next week. So uh, what happened that. on SmackDown? Anything crazy? Uh, they had Sami Zayn do a jackass thing where he got <laughs> thrown over the top rope by um. Boogs. Why are they not? Why haven't they done that Intercontinental Title match yet? What's the? Why is the delay? Nakamura apparently had a hand injury. Oh, oh great! Wait, so the crazy thing to me is, what the fuck happened to stripping people of the titles? Well, what even that? Have Boogs wrestle in his place? Yeah. Have Boogs be his proxy? Like have that story and then 
Yeah, that could be the way they get around it as well. But you have what else happened about that? They're the Viking Raiders became the number one contenders. If so, why the fuck did they lose to Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss last week? Also, since when are Cesaro Mansoor a tag team? <laughs> because they decide not to do the ricochet thing anymore. Yeah, they had ricochet play Sheamus instead. So dumb. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that would be it. Uh, well, yeah, continued the Naomi stuff. They obviously, we've talked about the um, Natalia and Aaliyah thing. Yeah, that's basically about it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else super major exciting or at least worth talking about that happened. So we got two more questions in the live chat, then we'll round this out. Uh, Peter says, uh, change the release question over to um, what happened to retirement matches. Um, uh, I think they overdid them. I think like it became a thing where... After the flare thing, everybody began to think, okay, now you need a big exit. And I I don't think you always need a big exit. So it's cool that they cooled down on them for a while. And, and also it's a case of, I don't think, I think you're probably linking it to the idea of the fact that why am they doing retirement matches for people that are getting released or, or lose the leaves town type matches. The fact of the matter is that would need some kind of communication between the creative team and the people that are doing the releases. And, and that probably would solve some foresight so many too. problems. Yeah. That would solve so many problems if you just said, hey, we're going to wrap this guy up. Okay, cool. I can write them off TV. Yeah. That's one of the best things about Naya's release. That, like, okay, cool. Baszler broke her arm and then she left. Great. That's a good angle. Jamie didn't follow it up on anything, but at least it was something, you know. And uh, Grady also says, uh, do you think that they will ever break up the Street Profits? Yep. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. They totally are going to break them up. Not like, you know, oh, that's happening tomorrow type of deal. But realistically, Montez, Montez Ford is, is the standout of the two. Yeah. And eventually, somewhere down the line, they're going to end up being like, okay, split these two up. And Like Dawkins is good, too. But that's like, like Haas and Benjamin. You know, like Benjamin... It's just so much more charismatic when it came down to it. Mm-hmm. And Dawkins might end up being, you know, totally fine on his own. He might not pull a Genetti. But Tez... Well, I, hope, I hope he didn't turn into Genetti. That'd be a, that's more, a... more than one <laughs> way, yeah. But Tez is the standout. Tez is the one that they would actually, like, do something with. Or you would at least hope, you know. Oh, God, I've just got loads of Genetti Facebook posts kind of in my head now. <laughs> He's like, it's not my real her. daughter. <laughs> I love her, but she is daughter. <laughs> he do something where he's talking about like uh, killing somebody a with a brick or something. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, what the hell? <laughs> well, you know what? Oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know we've uh, yeah, probably done all that stuff for it. You can't write uh, some of that shit. Yeah, my Jeanette, he says, uh, claim he killed a man was part of a wrestling storyline. That's the, first, that's the first thing I find when I just search G- Genetti on uh, all of this has just been the biggest uh, heel run <laughs> for yeah. a company that doesn't just, exist it was just the beginning of a damn wrestling storyline but oh my god OMG didn't the world buy it I never knew it could be that easy I mean Inside Edition People Magazine, TMZ, Fox News that fake ass National Enquirer and all major news outlets worldwide jumped on this story. It got so hot I had to drop it. When my, when my Columbus GA police department got involved, I knew I had to drop it. Or as my bra Snoop Dogg says, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. <laughs> Lol, love you, Snoop. <laughs> 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 
I don't think we're gonna be able to top that. <laughs> I think um, that's a good way to end out this yeah. uh, the bag and tag for this week. Just, uh, so thank you to everybody who uh, was in the live chat, everybody who sent in questions, everyone who is eventually going to be listening to this after the fact and dropping your comments. Make sure you are subscribed and you ring that notification bell to know when we do the next one of these. I kind of like the idea of merging these together going forward. I think probably quarter two, hopefully fingers crossed. It's not going to be on mass release day kind of thing, but uh, I think that that's what we're going to try to do with the mailbags going forward. We're going to combine them with the, the hot tags and do them on probably on Saturdays like we're doing now. So stay tuned for the next one of these. Uh, maybe we will do it another day. Maybe we won't. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Of course, over the next couple of weeks, we got some more, Royal Rumble specific content coming your way. We are hoping to do not only a Mount Rushmore of Royal Rumble participants, but also a fantasy booking of the mock draft all-time roster type of deal that we had done before. We're going to try to figure out a way to do something Royal Rumble based off of that. We're not quite sure how we're going to do that, but that's coming up. We've got, of course, the week after that, the whole Royal Rumble predictions and the post show and whatnot. And uh, we just recently did, if you do want to check out another mock draft thing, we did one that is a dark cast that's up right now. You can get access to that on the Patreon or on the members only section of YouTube. If you are on the dark cast tier, the $10 and up, you get access to that and you can see which people we picked from the black and gold era, from NXT arrival all the way through the start of NXT 2.0. So not like, Von Wagner, Braun Breaker, them, but you know, we still have some crossovers with like Cora Jade and Joe Gacy and whatnot. Callum went ahead, he wrote up all of these different names. We picked them, we argued back and forth <laughs> over who stole who, and we're going to follow that up in the coming days, weeks, whatever, with our pay per view cards that we can make up from them. So, you got another dark cast coming your way for that, but. That's currently the plan, and other things might pop up, other things might change. Just stay tuned to the channel, stay tuned to Smart Out Moment, follow us at Smart Out Moment on Facebook and Twitter, and then you'll see whatever else is happening. Also, be sure to check out fanboysanonymous.com for things like the Review to Will Kill series, we mentioned that earlier, and plenty of other content of some other movie reviews and some other things. There's some movies coming out over the course of the next couple of months that I'm going to be doing some kind of reviews or something for somewhere down the line. I'll talk about uh, peacemaker John Cena's show. I've watched the first two episodes. I thought I that they were, some point they were hilarious. Caroline, not so much. <laughs> She's really? like, uh, it's uh, too much of a dude show. <laughs> the dude energy is skyrocketing. I think is what you had said. <laughs> something like that. I think it's fucking great. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're into John Cena because you're into the pro wrestling stuff and if you're into the DC comic stuff and whatever, it's a good crossover of fanboys and spark on moment. But, uh, you know, you'll find everything over on the websites. You'll find me at Tony mango and you'll follow the guys. If you follow them and find out what they got going on, Rob. Yeah. You can follow me everywhere at dude Felice, including Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. I'm going to try to stream later today. Maybe some monster hunter. I don't know. And uh, check out Fightful.com and Fightful Select. Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out all the stuff on the smartcamera.com. Make a beeline for the payout rankings, my week-to-week contribution. But check out all the other stuff there while you're, while you're on the website as well. And, yeah, if you want to dip in some archived footage, 
or archived recording, should I say, me and Rob have gone back in time multiple times before with both 2001 Wrestling Odyssey and the Paul Heyman's Smackdown podcast. So check it all that, check all that stuff out. You can binge it because it never ages, really. It's kind of like uh, Marissa Tomei. Never ages. For these Spider-Man fans out there. Um, I think that's it. We pretty much wrap this up. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for the likes. If you liked this video, if you didn't go ahead and do it, why not? And we will see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out.